Welcome to We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. Welcome back. Welcome back to That Happened. Woo! Cheers! That happened, yeah. So now that we're no longer questioning my blackness every episode, um, instead we're going to fight about wow. music lists. Wow. Yeah. That's how we're going to start the show. That's how we used to start it. Touche. Okay. Carry on. Anyway, Calvin found a our best of 50 best R&B albums of all time list for us to fight about. Go ahead and tell us about it, Calvin. It's from That Sister, T-H-A-T. Did I spell it right? You spelled it right before, but then you said pretty hot and tempting, which is not what that is. Any. Okay. Any. Okay. Yeah. Any. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, so they did a 50s best R&B albums of all time. Um, the first question to that uh, blog is, how black of a sister are you? That is not the first question. It what? just asks if you are. That's if you're a strong black woman. That's what it asks. Oh, okay. Same thing. So you want to start this list off? Okay. I guess I'll start the list. Are we starting at the? Are you starting with number one, or you want to start at the end? Start with fifty. 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 All right. For number fifty, they've got Johnny Gill by Johnny Gill. Give me fifty feet. Johnny Gill by Johnny Gill. I can't tell you that I've heard of this album. This is the first album. Oh, okay. Congratulations. I it has. I know the singles that are off of it. Rub I know. You the right way. I know that one. I know my, 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 my. my. Fairweather Friend. I don't know Fairweather Friend. Fairweather Friend is actually good. Another up tempo jam. Okay. I'll be your Fairweather Friend. I'll be there to the end. If the stormy weather. Time and time again. That's the song. How do, you, how do you have the capacity to know all of this music? All of this music. Don't but don't don't know the c- proper context to use the PHAT joke. I will have this discussion with you off mic. <laughs> anyway, Not do you mic. think that this album should be number fifty? No. Oh. Um. Here's the thing: I don't know the criteria okay. either, and I don't know if they're going from a certain decade to a certain decade uh-huh. or what. But. Okay. I won't be upset because it's 50. It's not like it's 30 or 20. I will just say that you probably wouldn't even see this album on a list, period. Yeah, you're right. Um, So I'm impressed that it's being mentioned because, I mean, at least colloquially, meaning like amongst regular peoples, this would have a placement. So I'm assuming this is her 50 best albums. Or maybe maybe it's uh, their group of the collective. After taking a break from New Edition, Johnny Gill released his third album in 1990. Third? Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not his debut. Just third? Oh, what? oh, yeah. He was a solo artist, then went to New Edition. Because mm-hmm. him and Stacey Lattisaw, I think, did some stuff together. But, but as solo artists. They did duets together as solo artists, yes. Yeah, okay. So, peaking at number one on the Billboard. Top R&B albums. Gills collaborated with a lot of big names on this record. I don't even know why I'm reading this hell. Yeah, why um, are you reading this? Pretty much some of the sing- singles off this album was Rub You The Right Way. My, my, my. Fairweather Friend. He stopped reading it because it said Babyface. Yes, because he's a... Whatever. Anywho. I, I still don't understand your hatred for Babyface. He's literally magic. I don't understand. 
magic like the devil. I still don't understand. You act like you hate all babyface music, and you will play it. I just don't like him for right now. I'm very confused. Can, also, I, be, can I be in my feelings? I love, that Ken, I love that Kenny G is one of the big celebrities that worked on this album. That's hilarious. Anywho, can I just be in my feelings for a little bit? You said I don't show no emotions. Now I'm showing some emotion. Can I just show a so little you, bit? <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right, number 49. Number 49 makes no sense to me. Waiting to Excel. I think it makes perfect sense. It makes no sense. That album is amazing. That soundtrack? So, yeah, that's the soundtrack. So, are we doing they said, R&B albums? They said albums. That's what it says. Top 50 okay, albums. Okay. It doesn't oh, say okay. solo artists. Okay, so I will not object. Okay. <laughs> Would you have Waiting to Excel in your top 50? Top 50? Yes. Because that Brandy song on it is worth everything. Uh, what Brandy song? On Waiting to Exhale? Only doesn't count? I don't, I, almost. Almost doesn't count? Maybe. Um, so where would you rank it on your 50? It probably would be close to where it is now, 49 or 50. It will not make my 50. Johnny Gill will be outside 50. I'll be honest with you, I didn't have this album. So, eh, it would be well outside my 50. It definitely, but, oh no, Sitting Up in My Room is on this. Sitting Up in My Room. Almost should be on here, but it that came out later. That, that came out after the movie. But yeah, so "Kissing You" is in here by Faith Evans. Oh, I don't know that song. I was thinking of Toto. <laughs> You're so great. <laughs> All night long by SWV's on here. Not gonna cry by Mary J. Blige. This is how it works by TLC. Your girl group. Yeah, don't even remember that song. Uh, Exhale and Why Does It Hurt So Bad by Whitney Houston are on here. Shoop, shoop, shoop. And count on me, which I rem- I remember that. Shoop, is shoop on there? Yeah, that's exhale. Oh, sometimes you laugh. Oh my gosh. Sometimes you cry. Next one. Next one. Life never tells you. I don't know this album. The reason why. I'm sorry, Whitney got in my body for a second. Number forty-eight is Cooley High Harmony by Boys to Men. I don't know this. That's album. their second album. I want to say it says first. first. God damn! First album. In oh yeah, that's 91. the one where they had all the uh, thank you and all that stuff on it. I want to say "Full Time Feelings" back again. Is that on there? Doing a little East Coast swing. End of the Road was their biggest single. I could see End of the Road being the biggest single. Uh, the evil and not so great Babyface wrote that song. First of all, it's fantastical. Okay, it's wonderful. I don't know about Total being on my list. He's just as magical as a rash. Number 47 is Total by Total. So where would Boys the Men's Cooley High Harmony be? It wouldn't be. That, a Boys the Men album would be on there, but it wouldn't be the Cooley High one. None of the Boys, boys, uh, boys to Men album will make my top 50. Calvin, I don't think you know how many albums need to be in a top 50 list. You keep canceling 50. a bunch of them. 50. Then name your 50 right now. Go. 50. Go. Name your 50 right now. I'll can't count. Do it. Count I'll them t- down. I Let's can't go. do it on top of my head. Anyway. I give you number one. Sure. Is it Michael Jackson? It will be uh, off the wall. Michael Jackson. Yeah. I think Michael Jackson's going to show up on your 50 greatest albums list three times. Like 9,000 times. New Edition also is going to show up more than once. And then you're going to give... Um, everybody their own individual albums as well. So Ralph Transvant will have his own. No. Um, Bobby Brown would make it. But, <laughs> BBD would make it. Uh-huh. I think Ralph Transvant would also make it. 
No, I didn't. He had a couple of hits. I didn't listen to the CD. Anywho, moving on. So they said number 40, 47 for them is Total. Total. And um, I, I don't see? know enough songs of theirs to be like, yes. Well, that uh, album, Maria had it. And it had my sister. And it had a bunch of hits on it. Uh, Can't You See? No One Else? Kissing You? Um, And you know what's funny? I think they did like two albums. I think they had a problem with Bad Boy or Diddy. Probably. And it was done. Probably. All right. Next one is Homecoming by Beyonce. I think this is a little low on the list. This is number 48. I didn't listen to it. This would be in my top 10. This album is incredible. Especially the live album. And I re- regularly rewatch Homecoming on Netflix every year. This is the live album. That's what they said. No, it's they said it's the live album. I regularly rewatch the actual performance on Netflix. Good regularly. for you. Watch it at once. Never look back. Watch it at once. Okay, so forty-five would be Brown Sugar by D'Angelo. Yes, that'll make my top fifty. Okay. You're my lady. I know, lady. I know, Brown Sugar. What's cruising? It's pretty much a Smokey Robinson cover. Oh. Baby, let's cruise. No, so, Never Say Never, number 44 by Brandy. This would make my oh, 50 yeah. list. But, Brandy. Came out in 98. I, I, was, I was in middle school. I prefer Full Moon over this. This has The Boy Is Mine and Have You Ever on it, Calvin. How dare you? Have I How ever? Have you. I ever listened to this album? No. Your girl Monica is on The Boy Is Mine. Okay. Have I ever listened to this album? No. Yes. I have. Bumped the hell out of full moon, though. I, so I don't agree with number 43, which is 112 by 112. I dislike 112 the way Calvin dislikes Babyface. Why do you hate 112? What I just think they're you? the most pretentious group <laughs> ever, in my opinion. Why? I just don't like them. I just don't. Now, their voices are a little sickening. I would say that. Sickening as in good? Like sickening as in sickening talent? No. Oh. Sickening as you can only take so much of it before you want to change the channel. Maybe it's their lyrics. Like being an adult, uh, tr- Cupid never lies. It's, it's the most fuckboy anthem. The most fuckboy album I've why? ever heard. First of all, language. Second of all, why? Because listen, read the lyrics. The lyrics to Cupid doesn't lie. Cupid doesn't lie. Basically, Cupid like is not real. Cupid it's, doesn't lie because he's not real. It's basically, girl, you know I love you. Yeah, I'm stepping out on you. Don't pay attention to that. Dismiss that because I love you. <laughs> that's basically what it is. Well, then that's your fault because Cupid isn't real. So Cupid will lie because he isn't real. It doesn't. That doesn't make that sense. That logic makes sense. Why would you put your faith in something that's not real? No, you're supposed to put his, your faith in him. He's saying that Cupid put him there for a purpose of loving you. But he's using a fake thing which means his love is fake he's literally telling you that he's using a metaphor but he's also saying trust me <laughs> like all of that's happening at one time using the fake metaphor also peaches and cream is an overhyped song i know people love peaches it. And cream. i know people love it I but, never, honestly i didn't like 112 that much myself neither so ugh. moving on to 42 all right i would put control by sizzle on my 50s list absolutely 
Number 42, Controlled Never by Never listen to this album at all. It, well, Don't even know who this is. Calvin doesn't listen to anybody after 2000, period. That's it. That would be a correct statement. Um, Continue. So this came out in 2017. It was her breakthrough album for the mainstream media. And um, it was just like this black problem. girl indie sound that we hadn't heard That's before. her first problem, making music for the media. She wasn't making music for the media. You just said it. No, I said this is her first album to make it into mainstream media. Okay. Thank you. Calvin. Anyway, but it was it was amazing. And a lot of people resonated with it, related to it. She sang some real things. I didn't. I didn't listen to it. Number 41, Aaliyah by Aaliyah. I would put this on my list. This will make my list. Rock the boat. Rock the boat. <laughs> rock the boat. More than a woman. More than a woman. All of the good things are on here. Uh, number 40, The Writings on the Wall by Destiny's Child. One in a Million is on here, too, right? Or that Aaliyah album, right? One in a Million, I don't think that's on Aaliyah's album. I think that's on another album. Your Love is One in a Million. Probably an earlier album. Her. Right. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Still a good album. Still makes my tie 50. Okay, I like how he interrupted me. Number 40 is The Writing on the Wall by Destiny's Child. Would this make your 50s list? Uh, of course not. Interesting. It would for me. Bills, 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 bugaboo, jumping, jumping. This came out at a time where I felt like, ooh, it's speaking to me. Granted, I had zero relationship experience. First of all, zero. This little kitty song. This is a Disney album. That's why I, I loved it. I was around the age to appreciate this when it came out. So, yeah. Number 39 is Janelle Monet. Woo. But which one is it? Which album, Calvin? Because this is an album list. The Arch Android by Janelle Monet. Okay. Did you. Would you put us on your list? Tightrope's on it in Cold War. You no. don't know either what either of those songs are, do you? No, I know Tightrope. Big Boy's on Tightrope. Do you know why he's on it? Okay, get on the Tightrope. Do you know why he's on it? Why? Do you remember? She's she's on Purple Drake? She's on Purple Ribbon. Yeah, Purple Ribbon. They okay. di- they discovered her. Yeah. So, I, then you, so then you know why he's on Tightrope. Because he discovered her? Oh my God, you're the worst, Calvin. Anyway, the point is, I'm, the point I'm trying to make, yes. such as Manel Monet was discovered by Outcast. Thank you. Okay. You, just, you could have just said that. You are the worst. I'm not the worst. I didn't know what you're trying to get to. The worst. I'm sorry. Uh, number 38. Sorry, I came with all, all, every, yeah, all and everything, Javon. Number 38, Blonde yes. by Frank Ocean. He will never, ever make a top 50 list of This lines. album and Channel Orange would make my list. He's a phenomenal performer. You're not a real R&B person. He's, why? Because I like an R&B album that made a list. Is this Billy Ocean's son? No. Okay, just ask That would be cool if he did a Caribbean Queen cover. I would love it. Caribbean Queen should make this. That'll make my top 50. You're so crazy. That's that's a single, not an album. That album would make it better over this over Frank Ocean. Oh, well, I'm going to love to see what you say next about this next performer. What's number 37? Love Deluxe by Sade. Uh-huh. I didn't think I know how to pronounce that name, did you? You have to know how you to pronounce that name. You tried to set me off a of, uh, failure, didn't you? I didn't set you up at all. You're the real R&B lover, Calvin. I don't think... Released in 1992. Which songs on this album? Here's what I will say about Sade. Homegirl, yeah. mm. you can count the number of albums she has on one hand, and she just re-releases them every so often, and they chart every, every time. time. This might every time. This might make it. This is no ordinary love. She's, she's amazing. No ordinary love. I didn't know. You know, she's Nigerian born. I did not know that. 
She has, a, yes, she has a Nigerian forehead. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Number Moving th- on. Number 36. That's the way of the world by Earth, Wind, and Fire. I agree. Shining stars on it. That's the way of the world. Came out in 75. Yes. This would make my list. Yes. Easily. Well, not easily. This would make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 35 is Mary J. Blige, the album that put her, her on the map, My Life. This would make my top 15. I agree. This is her follow-up album, so this is not even her first one. I said, yeah, I said, this is the one that put her on the map. Okay. My Life. Because she used a lot of samples on this album. Okay. A lot. Were both albums from with Bad Boy or no? Yeah. Okay. Um, Puffy, he let Puffy tell it. He created her. Okay. He gave her her style, which he kind of did. You know Puffy's son, son, okay, son has an album coming out, has a single that's debuting. Okay. I'm I want to sh- know if he's singing or rapping. Which one do you think it is? I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get it to listen to it. So do you think he's singing matter. or rapping? Probably singing. Because uh-huh. I think his dad is Albie Shore. No it's, no, it's not that son. Oh, not that son? Nope. It's okay. one of his younger ones with the model. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to say what I'm going to say. Okay. What's the next Moving one? Moving on. 34. Uh-huh. Sons of Soul by Tony Tony Tone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I keep wanting to mess. Tony Tony Tony. But it's Tone. I thought it was Tony Tony Tony, just different spellings. I thought it was Tony Tony Tone. Because maybe it's Tony Tony Tony. I don't know. Anywho, this would make this would make my me too top fifty. It would if I had no loot. I know it's that song. Anniversary, anniversary, definitely. You know that's a cover. Lay your head on my pillow. And just relax. He did it. They did it better. They did a fantastic job for real. It, it it's from like an old nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties song. It uh oh, and then so it was my... redone again recently. And it tracked on um on TikTok. It um pops on my Spotify all the times. Mm, okay, number thirty three. I, I know. Never skip. This is definitely going to be on Calvin's list. Um, here's the thing. Okay. I don't know this Usher album or the other Usher. The one the after first one? this. The one after this would make my top fifty. You know what? I say both will make it. Eighty seven oh one would make my uh. His debut album wouldn't make it? No. Nah. In the drop top, cruising the streets? No. Nah. At a real pretty lady? I didn't like that Usher. On me? I wanted to punch that, that Usher in the face. U-S-H-E-R. I don't care how many times you spell his name. O-N-D. You can spell it all you want. That Usher made me want to punch him in the face. Yeah. Interesting. Don't get me wrong. I'm not that big of an Usher fan, but 8701 would make it. And it's the one after that. Okay. Um, this wouldn't make my list. You remind me of that girl. Excuse me. Excuse me, ma'am. Can I talk to you for a second? I want to talk to you about this woman I want to ignore. <laughs> you remind me so much of her. It's like, oh, thanks. Thank this you. This is why I can't get with you. Like, I was minding my own business. I don't know why <laughs> you are telling me all of this. Woman, bitch, I told you you don't have to call. It's okay. 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 Next one. Number number 32. Beyonce by Beyonce. 
this was an album that surprised a lot of people. It showed like a different adult side of Beyonce. I'm not a fan what of this song? album. Drunk in Love. Drunk in Love. This is all. This is the song where she turned into like watermelon uh, surfboards. Oh, she turned into uh, woman of the uh, of the of the streets. Kind of. Yes, it was definitely in a more adult Beyonce. Whatever. I don't. I didn't care. She. I don't think none of her albums are big ones. Okay. Uh, forever, my lady by Jodeci. Yes. It would. It this would make close. it. This will close. This might make it. Um, forever, my lady. Other words as well. That comes I, into that. I forgot. Me too. I, I definitely I, know I, that one line. I, I caught a, a brain fart as soon as I started singing. <laughs> 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 Do you just like a dream? Because I'm holding you close, keeping you warm. Cause this is ecstasy forever, Shanae. Not Shanae. Anyway, number thirty. It's about time it's by about SWV. Time. SWV. It would be on my list. It would be on my list. I've listened this to this thing about inside and out. Number fifty-six or fifty-seven. This would definitely be on it. I'm so into you, right here slash human nature. You're always on my mind, <sighs> and of course, weak. This whole album is really good. All right, number twenty-nine. No. Uh, Mariah Carey, Anticipation. No, The Emancipation. Emancipation. Uh, Mimi? Yes. Who the hell is Mimi? She's Mimi. That's her nickname. Her nickname is Mimi. Yeah. So she just freed herself from her real name? Kind of. Kind of. It was a whole, it's a, it was supposed to be like a whole rebirth kind of for Mariah because it had been a little bit. Shake, shake it off. So, yeah, this was her first album in 2005 from being oh, around in the 90s. This and... is when she got back with uh, J.D. I don't know. Jermaine Dupri? Yeah, okay. He produced a lot of this album. Don't forget about us. Shake it off. And we belong together. Yeah. Would this album of Mariah's make my list? No. This album wouldn't. Emancipation of Mimi wouldn't. But another one would. Sure. 28. Maxwell's Urban Hang Sweet by Maxwell. You thought I was going to say suit, didn't you? I don't know what you were going to say. I'm going to need you to have more faith in me and believe. Oh. Would this bank your list? No. Same. It wouldn't make my list either. But it's known for ascension, apparently. <laughs> that's woman's worth. <laughs> Calvin, that's woman's worth. Anyway, next I one. I just wanted to make the songs. The, 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 I want everybody to know I can hit these notes sometimes. Okay? Next one, number 27. I was in the sun being quiet in church when <laughs> I was a little one. I still got the vocals. I still got the skills. I still got it. One more time. All right, number 27. You know what song made me in the sun being quiet? What song? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Okay. Don't know why that was a gospel mini little gospel song for us to sing in church uh-huh. but hey sometimes you gotta bring it to the people how they want it got a standing ovation congratulations and never sang again okay number Stage 27 uh, Lady Soul by Aretha Franklin goodness don't stop gracious. my stories in the middle goodness gracious stage fright got me if this would make my list you make me feel like a natural woman chain of fools I would put this on my list on your door. Ooh, this next Tap one on would be in my top 10 Ah, yeah. A seat at the table by Solange. So Beyonce won't let her at the table? No. Actually, this whole album is about black people in the music industry. 
most of the narration for this album is by Master P. And it's him talking about how he started No Limit. Uh, it's, it's so good. It is so good. Uh, but it's basically him talking about how like he had to create something for himself because trying to go through the labels was not going to work. They were going to underpay him, yeah. not do the projects he wanted to do. Yeah. So he was like, screw it. I'm going to do it myself. His grandfather yeah. was like, just do it yourself. And he was yeah. like, all right. And he did. Yeah. Um, he ended up moving to California mm-hmm. for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Bought like a record store out there or something he did. He did a lot of things. And then he came back to Nalls. And helped put it on the map. Uh, Didn't you tell me they had a new album coming out every weekend? <laughs> every, no, not every weekend. Every day. <laughs> every day. By the time you get his album... Mr. Sorry, got an album. They, they just that's me. Just put us out yesterday. Mr. Sorry, got an album today. Wait, wait, wait. Me X album is Wednesday. Thursday is Chef to Soccer. Friday is Mystico. Sunday is Souls of Funk. Saturday, Master P is dropping Ghetto Dope Two. What is going on? <laughs> Every day, he was on uh, what's that uh show? What uh uh the Dude, they used to be best friends with uh Eddie Murphy. A city hall show. Okay. And they showed a stack of his CDs mm-hmm. that he had coming out. It was just stacks <laughs> of <laughs> CDs that he already put out. No. <laughs> stacks. He's like, Yeah, there's all my, all the people, all my boys and uh, albums I put out in that this just this month. Yeah. It was like more than thirty. Yeah. I'm like, this is insane. But he was putting out so much content, but the content was actually pretty good. Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. Uh was Big Timers part of his thing? No. No. They just also happened to be from New Orleans. Yeah. All right. He made it easier for them to come up. Okay. Because he was making so much money. Well, he was also gaining a lot of notoriety. So, yeah, yeah. I can see that. But, yeah. It was, and this is before the internet. He was yeah, doing this, this before we were using social media to promote. Yep. It was it was crazy. But, anyway, uh, he does a lot of the narration for A Seat at the Table um and this is solange's album and it is phenomenal cranes in the sky uh there's a song in there called Fubu for us by us it's the whole thing is great the whole album is really really good number 25 wild heart by miguel this would not make my list miguel miguel what song is on here coffee and simple things Oh, don't know none of the songs. Neither Moving one. on Next to one. 24. Number 24 would make my list. Lemonade by Beyonce. Lemonade. Is this another one where she was being the woman of the night? No. This is her I'm Look. Mad at You Because You Cheated on Me album. So she was still trying to be a woman of the night. But now she's a woman no. of the night that's been hurt. So, well, no. So the other one was her being like an adult for the first time. Because up until then, she, she was still kind of, I want to say playing it safe, but playing it to brand, essentially. Then Beyonce by Beyonce was her going into her own, like her full womanhood. Then Lemonade was her response to all of the trash she had to deal with, with with Jay-Z and her father and her just figuring out how to navigate her own life with all this messiness from other men in her life. This is her Black Panther album? It's so good. It's so good. Good. It's good because she's telling off guys. No, she's actually not telling off guys. She's telling off herself. The Lemonade album is all about how she needs to stand up and be her own person more than anything. And to recognize when she needs to do that in her own spaces, basically. It's so 
good. Really? It's you read. So good. You got all of that out that album. Yes, I did. It was so good. She doesn't get in there and just talk about how shit men are. She gets in there and she talks about how like she's really had to define herself and value herself with all of these experiences that have come her way. And she finally hit her I'm not taking it anymore level and she made this album and it was again so good. So See good. how I let you describe your favorite albums? See how I detail? actually do it with context and and it's structured. It, See that? That had no context. Pretty much it was a hurt Beyonce crying and being mad at herself because she let people hurt her. Not crying, but yeah. But yeah. Whatever. 23. I yeah. don't even know who the hell that is. FKA Twigs is an English R&B artist. 22. Moving on. Okay. Crazy Sexy Cool by TLC. Garbage. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I almost flipped the table <laughs> in unison of you saying garbage. This is the first album of TLC's that I got. My cousin, shout out to Shelly. My cousin Shelly gave me this album. So I creep. Yeah, cause he is stupid and don't know. This is how I found out about Red Light Special. I was like, what is this song? What is this? So this album would make my top I 50. constantly forget Waterfalls is on this album. Constantly. There's a bunch of other songs that's really good on this album. Their first album is really good, too. Mm-hmm. So I think those two albums would make my top 50. Okay. I never really thought about a top 50, but I mm-hmm. think I need to. You know no. what we should do next time? Get our, our top list. 50. Yeah. I agree. All right, number 21, Trilogy by The Weeknd. Moving on to I, 20. I agree. I, who could, I could care less. Don't Be Cruel by Bobby Brown. This would make my list. This would, number would 20. This one or the next Bobby Brown album make my list. This one would make my list. Every little step is on here in my prerogative. Oh, uh, yeah, this would make it probably. I wonder if the song from Ghostbusters is on this. Or is it exclusively to the Ghostbusters soundtrack? Um, I don't know. Mm. 19, songs in a minor. Songs in A Minor. Eight, uh, songs in A Minor. God! By Alicia Keys. Why did you get so mad at yourself? Because the real, the way I was looking at it, I was too busy looking at the at the album cover. You got distracted by the beauty? I understand. I understand. It ain't oh. your beauty, it's your beauty. Side note. Short story time. I once had a person compliment me and they said I look like Alicia Keys. I went to share that with Calvin. He laughed in my face. And so that person must have been blind. Wait, End wait, story time. wait a minute when did this happen uh we were that story time back on we when were did li- this happen we were living in virginia i was working at fort belvoir we were in woodbridge we went to go get the car taken care of or something and i told you this guy complimented me and said i looked like alicia keys and you laughed in my face and asked if that guy needed glasses so we were already together so you weren't going anywhere yes we were already together okay, we were so married mo- okay so moving on 18 oh my gosh would, would that album make your list no I don't know. This album wouldn't. The, the, her next one would. Okay. Confessions would make my. You got to give the number. We didn't even. 18. Get, Calvin. Usher. These are my confessions. Of course it would. The biggest cheating album in the world. The best cheating album in the world. The, the I think. One. Well, you should just let that burn, Javon. That I told you that you didn't let Apparently it burn. Apparently he let it burn. Ouch. It came out shortly later that he had a bunch of herpes. So. Ouch. Well, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Wow. Allegedly, he let it burn. So, actually, he didn't burn. I just remember the biggest thing coming out of this was people being like, "Did he cheat on Chili? Yeah. Did he cheat on Chili?" And yeah. then being like, "Nah, nah." And then all of a sudden, he was married to what's her face? To, His. I want to say Tamara, Tamika, Tamika. Yes, 
He married Tamika, the hairstylist. Had babies by this lady. And then divorced her. Because she was crazy. I'm, yeah. Alleg- crazy. Allegedly. But no, this album wouldn't make my list. But I understand why it would make Calvin's. Freudian by Daniel Scissor. Fru- yeah, Freudian. Oh, Javon, I can read sometimes. I was going to say Freudian, but you know, whatever. Thank you. Lord, wow. Don't, you know, but, don't bring the Lord in my debauchery. I'm conflicted with Daniel Caesar because while I love the singles that came off of this album, I don't like Daniel Caesar. Guess what? Don't know who the hell this is. He's, at a, all. he's a Canadian singer. Tells me nothing. And a little, he did a uh, best part he did with her. Do you know who her is? Has nothing to do with nothing. Her is another up and coming new art. She was a new artist at the time. She's half black, half Filipina. I was so excited. She's from the Bay Area. Anyway, next thing is, after all that came out and they got all all of this acclaim, he fixed his face to get on a live to talk about how black people need to get over racism. It was terrible. And sided with a white woman who said that black people are more racist towards her than to each than white people are racist to black people. And and and, it's, and no. Whatever. No. I never listened to this music there. He, he recently ever. released an apology about all of that. He was like, yeah, I wasn't in a good space, but it was no like years later. No one's ever in a good space when they do something wrong. Well, I mean, you could argue that that's always true. You could argue no, that. No, when they get caught doing something wrong, it hurts their brand. Mm. They're always in a bad place. But my thing is, well, I think it did hurt his brand. But he, So this, this happened like 2018, and he just now apologized for it in 2023. We shouldn't be giving him that much time because I don't know who the hell he is. Okay. <laughs> um, 16, Tony Braxton. This is making the list. Tony Braxton. This is making the list. The song is under. Unbreak my heart. Break my heart. Beyonce dressed up as her for a Halloween. She just this. She did this album cover. Can we say that I hit them notes this time that I sang? Okay, sure. Yes, you hit those notes. Please again. Please again. Classics. Another sad love song. The, do you remember the music videos for this? Do you remember the music videos for these? No. They I were did not watch everything. They were everything. She always had some fine man on her arm. It was wonderful. Gorgeous. You never compliment me and tell me I'm gorgeous. I do. You say whatever and leave. Touche. But I'm gorgeous. Anyway. This is also making my list. Number 15, I'm Ready by Tevin Campbell. I'm ready. You know I'm ready to love you forever. Hey, love now. Come and love me forevermore. Always in my heart is down here. Can we, can we talk? Can we talk for a second? Bitch, you heard me talking. You know I want to hear your name. Do you know name. that he sounds exactly the freaking same right now? I started. This dropped in 93. To this dropped in 93. It's been 20 something. years, and he sounds the exact same. Let me tell you something. If I write you a letter, and you don't read it, I'm pushing you down some steps. First of all, I would have to read it. I'd be in shock you wrote a letter in the first place. Thank you. You get you know me so well. <laughs> Thank you for appreciating my heart. <laughs> the bunch of time and energy has put into it. Actually, story time again. I got Ian to write a letter to somebody for me. Yeah, me. Oh, I forgot. Yep, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Sorry. You already knew. 
That's story time. In the story time. She already knew. In the story time. There we go. Moving on. 14. Songs the Keys of Life by Stevie Wonder. Yes. Yes. This is in my top five. Yes. This is definitely up there. As long as it is, you know she's roving. Isn't she lovely's on here? Isn't she lovely? Is always on here? There's so many songs on there. This is his 18th album, also, by the way. And he's only 23. <laughs> <laughs> since he was five, that's right. He's been an album that's since he was two. Right. He's been putting out albums since an he was An album two. a year since he was five. Exactly. This is insane. His being his 18th album. Golly. Amazing. He had to have been only in his 20s when this album came out. No, he had to be in his 30s because he was putting out albums in the 50s. That's so he had saying. to be in his 20s or 30s. It has been like late 20s when this album came because this is like 76. 76, but he was already like a teen in the 50s and 60s. So he couldn't have been in his 20s. He'd be in like his 30s. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He'd be in his early 30s. You're right. All right, next one. God, I forgot he was like 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. And he was 13 in the 50s. That's when uh, TV only had one color. None. Okay. What's Going On by Marvin Gaye is number 13. Um, I don't know I don't that know I've this, ever... I've never listened to the whole album. I don't know if this Marvin Gaye album would make it. Okay. The... They, um... In the Marvel movie... Mm-hmm. Hawkeye gives it to Captain America to listen to yes. one of Mar- Marvin Gaye albums. That one will make my top 50. Right. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Something Man. Uh-huh. It'll come back to me. Okay. Um, And he did some other stuff that probably make my top 50 okay. in the late 70s. Number 12. This is the Boys to Men album that would make my list, too. Which is their third studio album. This, this is... Thank you, water runs dry on bended knee. I'll make love to you. Cause even though you never do the way you're right there. And and thank, you. You. thank you. Thank you. So good. So good. For a group cavalcades knows all the words to this song. They still suck. <laughs> Purple Rain by Prince is number 11. This is not in the top 10. This is blasphemous. I'm interested to see what the top 10 is then. Because this, this would this be in my top 10. I'm thinking I, of other I, words to say. Do you but think I another Prince curse. album makes it maybe? I, no. No? No. Okay. Probably. I don't see which one. But When Doves Cry, Let's Go Crazy, Purple Rain. Um, that whole album. Little, Little Red Corvette, is that on this one? Or is it on yeah. another one? Little Red Corvette's on this one. Okay. All right, number no. Is it on the, like a before one? Is it like before this one? No. I know it's in the movie. He sings Little Red Corvette in the Purple Rain um, film. Yeah, it's in this one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's on this album, but he does say it in the film. Kisses on his next album. All that. It, so, anywho. All right, number 10. Thriller by Michael Jackson. This would make my top 10 list. Way too low. <laughs> Way well, too low. Well, I feel like they're going to put off the wall and higher. That's what I think. Because we haven't seen it come through yet. This so. at least need to be in the top five. Thriller, Billie Jean, Beat It, Human Nature. We, don't, we, we all know. We don't, need to, we don't need to talk about the bangers. This Mariah Carey album would be on my top ten list. Daydream. This would make my list of 50. Not on mine. I love this album. I was in elementary school when it came out. 
and you couldn't tell me "Always Be My Baby" wasn't going to be the the, the romantic theme song of my school year. You weren't. You couldn't tell. Why me. do you want to hear a song that you're going to get your heart broken to? First of all, it's it's a bittersweet song. It's actually more sweet than bitter. Thank you. The music video was adorable. I had to go to camp for that year. Our school did some kind of weird field trip. I love how women love to remember heartbreak by just playing music. I didn't have heartbreak. I had to go to summer camp, though, and the movie, the music video for this is them at camp, like they meet at camp. That's real bougie. You went to summer camp. I didn't go to summer camp. It was, for whatever reason, it was a week stay away camp. Just sit summer camp. It wasn't for the summer, though. We went in, like, the winter. California winter. Oh, wow. You got that much money with the winter camp? Jeez. Louise. I don't know that we had to pay anything for it. Wow. The you public, know, but it went through, it was through public school. You know how camp I went to? To Your another, backyard? No, to another, yeah. Pretty much into <laughs> another aunt's house for vacation. That's my that's my camp. I didn't go to summer camp. It, it was for school. They had, I want to say, the sixth graders do like a a stay away camp for a week. My summer camp was free lunch. It was it was very interesting. I was tipped over in a canoe. There was a whole scenario. You tell me if you drowned, I'd be single. You can drown in this little man made lake. You because if you fell out of it, you the water only hit your waist. Anywho, but it day, was fun. Daydream is number nine by Mariah Carey. Loved it. Oh, this would also make number my list. Number eight. Whitney Houston by Whitney Houston would make my list. Ballhead Whitney Houston would yes. not make my Saving list. Saving All My Love For You, How Will I Know? How Will I, I Know By Itself? Greatest Love Of All. Oh. Regularly belt these out. I'm a leader, children our future. Thank you. Get your well then. Let him lead away. That's so random. Mr. Randy Watson. Number seven is Rhythm Nation. This would make 18, my list. 1814 by Janet Jackson. This would make my list. Yeah, this would make my list. Missy Much. We all right. Come back to me. Of a rhythm Nation. It's good. They, she sampled the hell out of uh, Sly and Family Song for that. Yeah. Was she working with Terry and them yet? Jimmy Jam? Yeah, this is Terry and Jimmy Jam. Okay. Quick fun fact. You already know, but he, one of them, the big guy, was trying to date one of my cousins. I'm going to say allegedly. <laughs> I thought allegedly, too. I'm going to say allegedly. I said allegedly, too. I thought allegedly. But apparently it happened. Still. That's still. What? Huh? Yeah. What? Yeah. So yeah. many questions. All right. Yeah. Number six. Bodywism by Erica Badu. Woo woo woo. Would it make your list? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. There's songs that would, but I don't know if this, I, I haven't listened to this full album like that for it to be my list like that. Number five. What's the 401 by Mary J. Blige? Mm -hmm. The album that made her a staple. The this, first one put on the, app, the map. The first one was released later. Hmm. This is. This is her debut album. This is the one that uh, the the other one came out after this. Yeah, one. The, her other album pretty much made her mainstay. Cemented her. Cemented her. Okay. This one put her on the map. Got you. What's the four one one put her on the map? I like the other album better, but okay. if somebody said they like the four one one better, mm -hmm. I can't be mad. I do love real love. That song by itself. And the yeah, and the, her out. Other album after that one, uh -huh. or the one where I think she divorced her husband at, after that, made her an icon. That was much later. That was like two, in the 2010s. Yeah. That one with uh, 
Let's get it crunk. That let's, one made her an icon. Let's get it crunk. Yeah. Black Eyed Peas? No. Well, I'll, I'll get the song later. I'll, okay. We'll talk about it later. But. All right. All right, number four. My favorite album from Frank Ocean, Channel Orange. This would make my list. It's so good. Thinking about you, there's Forrest Gump. It's so good. It's so good. Also, this was the album that opened up all of this dialogue of people talking or increasing the discourse around what it means to be a black male identifying artist who's also gay. That's what this album opened up. Okay, we need to move along. I ain't got nothing to say about that. Oh, my goodness. Not going to make it. Number three. Miss Education of Lauren Hill. Yes, 110%. This yes, would be in my list. Let's make mine. Number two. Sign of the Times by Prince. Okay, that's so. I still don't know why this one is higher. You got that look? Yeah, I don't know why this one's higher than Purple Rain. But okay. But okay. And number one, Michael Jackson off the wall. I told you they were going to put this somewhere okay. else. Okay, so. Here's the thing about Off the Wall and uh, Thriller. People are saying Thriller is not more of a pop album. And this was his last official R&B album was Off the Wall. Oh, so, so a lot Thriller's of, pop, but this is Yeah, so R&B. a lot of black people don't count Thriller, Thriller as a R&B album. They okay. count it more as a pop album. Okay. This, in everybody's eyes, most black people... Secretly love Off the Wall better than they love Thriller. Interesting. Because Thriller was more of an R&B album. So is Bad a pop album then? Yes, that's all pop. He That's straight. The rest, the rest of his albums are all straight pop. Interesting. Yeah. I think um, Thriller was him trying to fuse. Pop and R&B. Pop and R&B. But it took off so much pop that he just went that route. Because well, Morrison started, started, started sounding more rock and rollish. When uh, Quincy Jones did his little documentary talking about recording for Thriller, mm-hmm. he said that at the time, Michael just vibed with that sound a little bit more mm-hmm. because, I don't know if you know this, but Joe Jackson controlled everything that they did when they yeah. were Jackson yeah. 5 yeah. and almost threw, th- threw off the wall. So Thriller was really his first time being on his own to do his yeah, own thing. Yeah, I think he I think it was more about him trying to get away from Joe. Yeah. Than R&B. I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. Cuz a pop at that time could be whatever you wanted it to be. Yeah. So that's the uh what's the name of this blog? That girl? <laughs> that sister? That sister blog top 50. Honestly, Let us know if you agree with it. Of all the top 50 lists that you make me go and look through, this was the best one. Yeah. Except for the Frank Ocean stuff. That's cool. Frank Ocean stuff is good. Sure. All right, moving on to the next piece of that happened. Uh, let's talk about this Georgia man who paid over $80,000 to have his limbs lengthened. Ready? <laughs> That's cruel. That's cruel. Actually, that was the wrong button. Okay. Anyway, so a Georgia man... Ooh, who apparently is like former Navy or, or something, um, feels like a new man after spending more than 80 grand on a limb lengthening surgery in Turkey in order to become a half a foot taller. This person's name is Denzel Siggers, a 27-year-old from Atlanta who has been basically posting his whole journey on his social media platforms. He's on TikTok. Who cares? He cares. So Why? Well... The world cares right now. Why? 
because it's a it's a it's the limb lengthening procedure is not new, but to the height that he wanted is new, relatively for the rest so, of the world. All short men are hoping he make it so they can now get so, taller. Li- again, limb lengthening has been around for a minute, and other people have gotten like inches. Hey, hey Roger, why are you being you eye eye to eye right now? No, he, last week you was like five three. How the hell you get to six two? So there's an there was an actor who also came out to um, get limb lengthening done, but he only got a couple of inches, and the process of getting all of that done was so excruciating he couldn't see how he would do more because the process is ridiculously heavy so essentially this person Denzel Ziggers decided to undergo the procedure back in December of 2022 because he was rejected by a woman for being too short at being only 5'5". According to him he's always been very shy and reserved as a kid and he was always afraid to be himself uh, for fear of being misjudged or not accepted, which is what he told uh, Need to Know. That's co.uk. And in his teens, he was rejected by this girl he had a huge crush on. And although she found him attractive, her reasoning was that he was too short and too young for her. I don't know why he said too short and too young, but only took away from that whole dialogue too short. But anyway. Because uh, he, he, he can't do nothing about the age. Uh, that's mean. You, t- he couldn't have done anything about the height? Anyway. Evidently he could have. He did. Years later. So anyway, he clung on to that and always considered his height to be basically his biggest handicap when it came to talking to women. He felt it m- made him miss out on opportunities. He was, how tall was he again? 5'5". Five, five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's here's my thing. I have no problem dating guys who are shorter than me or my height. I am 5'3". So. Sorry to hear that. Anywho. Sound like a height deficiency. A height deficiency? Yeah. Looks like you're missing height genes. I'm just saying, you know, you can navigate chromosomes. this world by looking at the person as a whole, not yeah, as height and physical features. Walk, walk under a lot of stuff. Can. Nothing happened when you hit that button. Look I at that. I didn't try to hit the button. Look at that. I didn't want to hit the button. But yeah, also, you don't hit anything when you're walking under a bunch of stuff. I don't, you don't worry about ducking. There's pros. Can't get on a lot of rides, neither can you? You can. You can get no, on rides. Because the, the harnesses stop right there at your neck, and that's not safe. <laughs> I can get a booster. Every place doesn't have a booster seat. You can get your own. <laughs> you, can be, you need a booster seat. Amazon booster seat. has all kinds of things. You need one at the dinner table, too. Yeah. So, but. <laughs> But this poor man was like me being short, being 5'5", five, five, <laughs> was stopping me from finding true uh, happiness, essentially. It does limit it. So, he said he was, he, over the years, he'd been trying to find different ways to get taller naturally, but nothing was a realistic option. And then he found out about limb lengthening and booked an appointment right away. <sighs> limb lengthening surgery is a treatment that increases the length of a bone in a patient's arm or leg while also stretching the surrounding muscles, tendons, and ligaments. I'm reading this from people. They uh, posted all of this on their website. So this guy went from 5'5 five, five to 6 feet. Huh? Okay. So this is not like one or two inches that he included to his body. He wanted to be 6 feet. Quick, do the math, Calvin. How many inches is that? 5. No. 
There's, there's 12 inches in a foot. So it's not, if he's 5'5", five five, it's not another 5 inches. Gotta make him 5'10", right? 5'5", five five plus 5 inches would make him 5'10". He wants to, he wants, he's 6 feet now. So it'd be 7. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Anyway, okay, so. Like I said. And he's still short. You're 6 foot. I'm short. Okay, anyway. So. <sighs> So not only is he increasing his bones, his bone mass, he also has to increase the muscles, the tendons, and the ligaments. Well, guess what's going to happen? He's not going to be able to walk once he hits about 40. That's what a lot of people are saying. They're like, how is this going to age well for you? How's this, how, what's the maintenance on this? So, so they don't have to worry about being short because no woman is going to want him because they don't want to have to push his ass around. Listen, according to People Magazine, during a limb lengthening surgery, doctors cut the bone in two segments and attach a limb lengthening device, which is like an external fixator or internal rod, okay, to the two segments of the bone. The two ends of the bone are gradually gradually separated, stimulating new bone to grow. So not only is this procedure already crazy painful, it's also meticulous. They have to do it slowly so that the bone will connect, so that the bone will tell the other part of its bone to keep trying to connect to increase the length. Of these bones, which is crazy. So, it takes up to two months to do this. Patients who undergo limb lengthening surgery on their legs will be unable to walk right away. And if you watch his media, he had to be on in a wheelchair or on crutches. You see him going through rehab. He can't even really bend his knees because he's such at such a new height from where he was before. He's not going to be able to really bend his knees. It, <sighs> It requires a lot of physical and occupational therapy, and the recovery can take up to a year. See, ladies, see what men will do to get some? Mm-mm. He went to Istanbul to get the procedure done. Turkey is making money doing these types of procedures. Your girls, they, Star- Starcy, Darcy and Stacy, live, live over there. They love it. You know what would be funny? He gets to six feet and still gets rejected regularly. That's crazy. And That's crazy. And all this time, it wasn't his height. It was his face. So he explained bum, that, bum, bum, bum. that his surgeons can only achieve three to four inches of growth in the limb lengthening surgery. So he did it twice. So he could be six feet. It don't matter. I'm, I'm telling you, he's going to get to six feet. He's going to get the same rejection. And then he's going to find out it wasn't his height. It was his face. Well, well, right now he's got celebrity. So he's, he's going to be seeing all of this as like bonus. Celebrity for what? For for this whole story. For being short, paying this large sum of money to get taller, and his whole process in trying to adapt to his new body. So if that's the case, he could have paid and bought bitches without getting his uh, limbs lengthened. Not paid and bought bitches. All right, so anyway. Yeah. If he's going to pay for females, he could have done that without this whole thing. Listen. And saved himself the pain. What The pain has to be excruciating to have your, you know, essentially getting your bones muscles and tendons broken so that you can then put in a vice to stretch them so that they can recover to be an even longer length. And what I'm saying to you is if he's going to use this new fame he got to get females, he could have done something else to get possibly get that same fame and not put his body through this. If he's going to hand up buying IG bitches because they, they work, they cost. I don't know. It's not like going to McDonald's. IG models cost. 
when talking about the lo- possible long-term effects of doing this type of a surgery and be, and getting this much taller, basically overnight, uh, they were like, are you worried about possible, you know, long-term effects? And he was like, nah, if it happens, I'll just deal with that, you know, when I get to it. Um, no. Anyway, so then, so then he talks about how all his life he struggled with viewing himself as a small person and no matter what he did to change it, it always felt the same. Hey, shorty, get out of my face. I don't know why he shouted that randomly. And then, um. That's what he heard all his life. I don't small fry. I don't understand. So, but he said he wa- he wanted to share his story so that other men who feel the same know that there is another option for them. And he's been able to garner much more attention from women and has no reservations now about approaching them. He feels like a new person and is able to get a second chance of life. I don't know that spending and dropping 80 grand so that I can talk to people I'm attracted to is a wise investment, especially at the cost of my own body. I don't know that that is something that I would do for myself. Clearly, this man prioritized it above everything else but that is terrifying it also makes me wonder about previous relationships that he was in and if he was even present in them or was he always concerned about his height at that point and in that effect is it worth it to go through all of that pain spend all of that money just to have the peace of mind to know that this one obstacle that you had built for so long is now something that you can see getting rid of. So, would you spend $80,000 to change something about yourself in order to get the appreciation of people you're attracted to? No, because I have self-esteem. <laughs> Next question. Uh, but that, So that's it. That's all I had for my little news segment was this gentleman who got limb lengthening services to such a degree that he did two surgeries which essentially amounts to almost two years of recovery to be six foot from being 5'5". Five five. Let me show you his picture. I don't care to look at his picture. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? I want to see his face. Okay. He's got his arm around his old height in this photo. Oh, uh, yeah. His face is a problem. And two, he doesn't look like he has a personality at all. Not his face is a problem. He doesn't look like he has a personality at all. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe if he had a personality, he won't have to worry about that. I think he, well, so he says now he's like basically swimming in a cooch. Like right now, he's getting all kinds of attention that he didn't before. He's riding high. Really? And sharing his story. And really? making, hopefully making money, monetizing really? this story. All the women are just running to him now? Well, I mean, think about it, though. He's got some celebrity to him now. So I'm sure more women are than had been before. So. Okay. So, I mean, I don't think he was that bad looking of a guy at 5'5", five five, but he's just really... Do you see how skinny his legs are? Yeah. You say, yeah. <laughs> so... You know, it's, it's like I told you, the height wasn't a problem. It was his personality. Uh, but let's not fix the thing that it's easier, it's the hardest thing to fix possibly. No, let's just go destroy our bodies instead. Well, so what do you think there could be long-term effects from doing this? Yeah. It's uh. called stupidity, number one. Number two, 
he's going to feel it at some point when he get old. Yeah. Ew. But anyway, that's it. That's all I had. Did you guys know that we have an email account? Email address is we like that dat podcast at gmail.com. Yes, we like that podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and hit us up with what you are watching and see if we like that. Because we might like that. We really might. And we'd love to hear from you. And now, 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. Yes, we are talking about season six, episode six of we're, this of this insane show. We're gonna start with Jasmine and Gino. Jasmine and Gino, per usual, are going at it. No, they're actually kind of happy right now. They're going to work out together. Um, and it's Jasmine talking to Gino about their lack of sex life again. And what she would like. Because she wants Bert to do more and Bert doesn't want to do more because Bert gets distracted easily when he has to think about the money she's spending. I, I feel but he's like, rich, so I don't know why he cares about the money she's spending. I Who knows? I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a concern like that, like he keeps saying it is. I think it's a convenient excuse. Well, he keeps using it, so yeah, since he, he uses it, I'm going to use it. He does use it a lot. But anyway, but basically, that's what he says. He's like, no, nah, I would be able to do all these things you want me to do sexually if I didn't have to worry about what you're spending. Or if, no, if I didn't have to worry about fighting with you all the time. That's what he says. We and fight finances, too much. And finances. So, so Jasmine goes to talk to her ex, Dana Dane. <laughs> she, she sneaks away to talk to Dane, who basically just comforts her as she's complaining about being in a relationship with Gino. Oh, he's confident, all right. Trying to comfort her until you get that that opening. That's what you keep saying. And a lot of people online are saying, but if you actually watch the segment, it's just him going, oh, oh, yeah, that sucks. Like, that's it. That's all we see as viewers. So unless you were there in person to catch it all, it's just him going, uh. Mm, you're a little naive. Okay. Yes. Anywho. I love your happiness of this innocent relationship that you think is so innocent. I think it's for the show. I don't think it's anything. Because he would have had to sign an NDA to be on the show. Because he's on the show. Frequently. Okay. So that will be a perfect thing for them to have a plot on. It's very interesting. Right? Anyway. Um, then Jasmine gets into a conversation with Gino. Uh, asking about. Asking again about the whole sex thing. And when can she expect to get more sex. And he basically tells her uh, when they stop fighting. And she asks him what the time limit is for them to stop fighting. Like if I don't we, know. If we don't fight from this morning to this afternoon, then... Meh, I don't know. <laughs> Meh, could be any time. He basically says, uh, there's no time limit. We just need to stop fighting. So, uh, Okay, so then Gina goes to meet Jasmine's friends. Uh, Jasmine brings her besties. One can speak English and one cannot. So that I, I have a lot of questions as to how she thought this was going to go. But she's like, Gino can practice his Spanish. His Spanish is immediately terrible. So I don't, it's very interesting. Um, I don't know why she thinks Gino is practicing Spanish. I mean, Gino can't even practice pretending to want to have sex. So Jasmine's aside is that she's hoping her friends will provide an insight into the relationship she has with Gino. We all know she's not going to listen to them if they provide any insight. So That's my problem. Stop asking me for insight. Yeah. 
on stuff when you're not going to use my information that I give you. <laughs> yeah. Stop making me have to. Don't be like, oh, you got to meet him so you can tell me what you think. And then so, when exactly. I tell you what I think, you're like, Stop. you don't understand my relationship. <laughs> Stop involving me in okay. your life to where you're asking me what I think. And I tell you what I think. Mm-hmm. And then you don't take none of my words into consideration. Leave me out your life. So somehow the conversation steers, or Jasmine steers the conversation into asking if Gino's ever cheated on her through her friends. And he says he's never done it, but he has caught Jasmine talking to her friend Dean. (gasps) So Gino asks the friends, like, you know, what do you think is going on with Dane? Do you think there's something there? And the friends are like, nah, that's just Dane. Like, their response is, nah, it's just Dane. Nope. (laughs) This <laughs> is just a friend. She dated him right after her divorce. It went nowhere. No, it's not going to be anything. So mm-hmm. then we move into Riley and Violet. Riley made Violet get violent before <sighs> the meeting of the family. So I want to talk about um, yes. what's happening in the social media streets around Riley and Violet. Yes. People feel that Violet is using Riley. They feel like Violet is a control freak who's using Riley. And I'm like, are we watching the same show? I am so confused now. Are we watching the same show? How is she a control freak, freak? freak controlling Riley when Riley is always the one catching a hissy fit? Thank you. They're saying that she manipulates him emotionally. How? <laughs> Seems like he's emotionally confused himself they're saying that he she uses his vulnerability like his insecurity around the relationship what to get what she wants insecurities into he has insecurities about the relationship what insecurities are she taking advantage of she didn't tell him to buy them gifts the, he bought it the, she didn't even know he bought those gifts she's like that's a lot that's what i'm saying like if she is manipulating him using his insecurity around she's the relationship doing it very very wrong right and what is she she's not gaining anything and she's so. not getting anything out of it so what's the point <laughs> if that's how no if you want to say violet is immature i'll agree with you sure yeah her communication <sighs> style is very blunted no absolutely. both of the communication style are jacked up yeah because this is from a place of hurt yeah i don't like you even though i like you it's not even necessarily, I don't like you. It's, it's from a place I don't of confusion. Admit it. Yes. It's from a place of confusion. Yes. So, like he said, he got there. The I don't want you to be, but now I want you to make me a priority. Even though I told you I don't want to be a priority and I don't like you that much. The first thing he said on the show was that I'm never going to say I love you to somebody ever again. That's what he said. That's what he established first. And that ain't condescending as hell to start off a relationship. Tell me what is. When they asked him, how do you show affection to Violet? He said, we flip each other off. It's just like, okay. So we use hate. All right. We use hate for love. Which has been our core conversation for all these years that we've been together. Is being contrary to what we actually feel for each other. And using heavy sarcasm for each other. And then we get mad because we, we kind of forget that that's how we set this all up in the first place. Instead of just speaking clearly to each other. So if you want to say her communication style is terrible, I agree. But I, both of their communication styles are messed up. I agree. So I don't think she's trying to manipulate him or anything. I think she just took her cue from him. Right. But she... The, the, she doesn't it she's uncomfortable doing it so but she's just doing it to do it because he wants to do it right and she doesn't even know when he's being serious being or not. serious or not i agree 
I agree. So anyway, so that, that out the way. We've got Riley, who is going to be meeting Violet's children and her mother. Uh, Violet takes Riley to go get a custom Audi to get a, basically a formal Vietnamese traditional outfit for special occasions. And she says she's got a couple of special occasions for him to attend with her. So she wanted him to get dressed up for, you know, for these events. Uh, they're at a tailor shop. And I don't know if you've ever been to a tailor, but they got to get up close and personal to you to get your measurements. They are all over you to get these measurements. Professionally, they're not going to be doing anything crazy, but they do have to stretch across your chest, uh, stretch down your inseam, stretch down your side, wrap that thing around your waist. They got to get all your measurements. He's immediately uncomfortable. <coughs> and Violet gets into a conversation with the tailor, and it's in Vietnamese, and Riley feels a way about that. I'm going to posit here that they are in Vietnam. This is a Vietnamese tailor yeah. for a Vietnamese traditional outfit. So, what was she supposed to do? Now, this is where I don't think he says he's been to other countries in the military. This is where I have to question that. I wonder if he has been, but how long was he in like the, the townships? Because you can say I went to another country and never leave the base. Looking at his age... It's probably been worse when he was out there. Right. So, that being said, he should be used to people talking about you in a different language. And then saying whatever. Number one. Number two, you should be used to the customs of Asia if you've been to Asia. They don't have a sense of space. So They also don't filter a lot of things. They're very They don't blunt. filter and they <laughs> so. don't have a sense of space. So if you've ever been to Asia, you take things they do and say with a grain of salt. Be because they're taking it with a grain of salt. They're not saying it maliciously. Exactly. They're just saying it. <laughs> so the fact that he was uncomfortable when she got close. First of all, you're in a tailor shop. How are they going to take your measurements? That's the first thing. So if that made him uncomfortable, I don't know how he made it overseas. Because this whole space thing is more of an American thing. It's very interesting. So, so I don't, I don't. He's know. watching Violet have this whole conversation in Vietnamese with the tailor. Um, we know by the the subtitles and the captions that Violet's conversation with the tailor is basically getting the tailor's opinion on his on Riley's looks, essentially. And uh, she straight up tells this tailor that you know, yes, she understands that he's ugly and old, but she likes him. And honestly, this was her joking with the tailor. Like this was her <laughs> developing some sort of relationship with this tailor if she didn't already have one with this tailor it's not meant maliciously and this is the type of humor that's out that's over there not only that this is the type of humor that they built their relationship on uh, also so i don't understand why he's upset but he, so he doesn't catch most of that because it's all in vietnamese he's upset because he feels like he he knows they're talking about him but he doesn't know what's being said so she tells him she tells him straight up exactly what she said yeah i was she was asking me about you know how I found you attractive because she says you're kind of big and I said yeah he's ugly old and fat and I like him and he gets upset again but I thought that's the type of humor relationship that you have it's ridiculous but they get the measurements they put the order in and as they're leaving Violet's phone goes off and yeah. Riley immediately immediately looks over at the phone and apparently notices that the notification comes with an image of a half-naked man and two right, two bad knee Riley gets upset. <laughs> More than upset, he is livid. He goes from zero to a hundred over this. He's like, "Who's this guy?" 
Why is he reaching out to you? Why aren't you showing me your phone? Why aren't you telling me who this guy is? And Violet's like, mind your business. What is, what's your problem? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Now, in his defense, you can't tell me mind my damn business after a half naked dude just showed up on your phone now. What if this dude is a cousin? And let me see the cousin. <laughs> I feel like Violet brings up a good point. And I that guarantee you, if I got a phone call from a half naked woman on my phone and it showed up, you have some questions to ask too. But I feel the context is different. Like I'm married to you and I know we know each other's contacts that pop up on our phones. They're not married. They're dating or whatever this is. Even when we were dating and my phone to rent, you would ask me who that was. Okay, okay, sure. But she tells him, but then he wants to look in her phone. So me telling you is not enough. Remember, because he has to overstand, not just understand. You overstand? Makes sense to me. Because she tells him, this is a friend, and this friend is married to another one of my friends. That's all that this is. And he's like, why is he half naked? I don't know if you notice, Vietnam is hot. It's hot here. Really? That's the excuse for having your shirt off? Do you know how close to the water they are? It's not uncommon for you to come across a photo that they posted on their socials, and that's the photo that pops up on your phone. It's not uncommon. Also, she said, don't worry about it. Sounds like you're making a lot of excuses for this person. Like, you know, do you know? Do you know? I kind of do. kind of do. She feels like every auntie I've got. So anyway. That is more true than anything. <laughs> so anyway. But she's just like, why are you open my business? Calm down. What are you doing? And he's like, no, you don't understand. This is disrespectful. And he just brings up all of the baggage they have around his trust issues with her. How he feels she might still be married. How he feels she's still on the apps. How he feels that she's not taking the relationship seriously. And Violet's staring at him in public on a, on a day where the sun is still out. Like, I don't, what is going on? I'm leaving. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. So Violet asks him, does he want a titty in his mouth? No. So he can stop whining? No. Uh, I thought that's what she said to being to me. I'm sorry. No. She did. He, I read the uh, He's like, Violet, you lie. And she's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? <laughs> and then he brings up something about how she might have lied about an embassy interview. That never really gets any clarification. She just says that, listen, I did have an appointment with the embassy. Something fell through. They had to reschedule. First of all, all I heard was, all, all I read was embassy. Nothing I, else. I still don't know how this was a lie. I don't know what it was about. I don't, can't get the context of it. I don't know. And to Violet's credit, she's like, if I'm such a liar, why are you here to see me? Why are you here to see me? You know how much money you spent to come here? To call me a liar? Why? And why? then we end up at her parents' house, or her mother's house. They calm down. Even though... I'm very sure the producers told her to go back and get her. They're <laughs> very sure. angry at each other. She goes back and gets Riley, and he's still mad, but he's like, I won't. We'll go into your family, because that's what I said we're going to do, and they're expecting us. But know that this is not done, because, okay, sure, whatever, fine. They get to her house, and he's immediately disrespectful. Immediately. They get to the house. Um, again, if you're not familiar with uh, a lot of Asian countries, sometimes the outer gate is basically like their last wall. They might just have like a sheet or some curtains to get in to the house after the gate. Because that's just how it is sometimes. To get the airflow, whatever, however they want to do it. It's hot. So Violet closes those gates to like secure the house. And then he walks in and he has to move some curtains to get in. And he's like, 
you don't have another wall here? It's just those gates? And Violet's looking at him like, yeah. And what? And he's just like, I don't know. It's just not like that in the U.S. Did you travel overseas, sir? Have you been anywhere besides Pennsylvania? No places like the U.S. Everybody else got common sense. <laughs> Big difference. He's the worst. He's the worst. Okay, anyway. Um, what else happens? Oh, so he gets there. And he gets to meet the family. He meets the mother. He meets Violet's younger brother. That we didn't know was a thing. He's like five. He's like, he looks like he's a teen. I want to say 18, 19. He looks a little older than her, her girls. Or at least in the same age, maybe, of the girls. And her girls are a little bit older. But he meets her daughters, too. And her, her daughters speak English, which I was like, oh. And so does her little brother. Her mom doesn't. Everybody speaks English. Except her mom. We're the only country that doesn't speak other languages. Yeah. Yeah. So. American is everybody's, or English is everybody's second language. Yeah. So. Over the world. They greet each other. Um, Riley gets real excited to meet the dog. The dog looks terrified. The dog looks like. First what, of all, what is happening right now? They gave the dog to him, and the dog's like, "Um, I don't know when we started handing me the strangers." <laughs> but it stops it today, okay. okay? But it stops today. <laughs> Please get me back. Thank you. Now I'm gonna go and crap in everyone's shoe this for poor this. Dog. This dog looked like, "Save me, save me!" What is, what is happening right now? So then, um, Riley gives gifts to the girls. He gives the girls. Technically, he gave these girls brand name bags. He did. He gave them brand name handbags, uh, shoes, lipstick, all kinds of things. And they're like, this is a lot. And he's like, yeah. Because I feel like Riley wanted to come in there and be like, I don't want to say exalted because that's too big of a word. But he wanted to get praised for being the American with a little bit of monies and coming in with fantastical gifts. I think he just wanted to be liked. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. In a hard way. So he's there, he's talking with the family, um, and it's interesting because the conversation turns to how Violet's mom feels about Riley. Do you remember? Um, she just wants to make sure she's happy, <laughs> I think, right. or she's afraid for her daughter's life. I don't know. Basically, uh, the mom knows about all the fighting that they do, that Riley and Violet do. and she's Everybody like, knows about all the fighting. She's worried about Riley's temper. And when that comes up, Riley's face drops. And he's like, your mom thinks I have a temper? Yes, sir. Yes. Just like you tell all your friends your business about this relationship, she tells her family. Yes, sir. Which I don't... Un- <laughs> it's amazing to me is how people get upset with somebody for doing the same exact thing they're <laughs> doing. Like, please stop. Like, I badmouth you in front of my friends, too. My friends don't like you at all. Right. Because I haven't said a good thing about you, really. Right. Right. So if you come to America, you're going to get the same treatment I'm probably getting right now. Well, the previews for next week, or at least Sunday coming up, she's Riley's trying to force Violet on a FaceTime with his friend to answer some questions. If I was Violet, I'd be like, I don't need to talk to your friend. I'm leaving. Bye. Enjoy your FaceTime with your friend. I'm not in a relationship with your friend. Anyway. That's in the future. Um, next couple. New couple alert. Statler and Dempsey. We get introduced to a brand new couple for some reason, which lets me think that Cleo and Christian are not lasting. This is a lot of couples. We have a lot of couples happening right now. We didn't even get a Razvan Amanda situation today. 
mm-hmm. or in this last episode. Mm-hmm. So Statler and Dempsey. So we meet Statler. Statler's from Texas. She's a bit of a quirky cue. Statler is a hell of a first name. It's, I think it's on purpose. So anyway, she's from Texas. Sure it is. She is proudly weird, she says. She's like, I'm, I'm weird, I'm kooky, um, and I love bugs. She loves a bug. And that's the real reason she's single. She's weird as hell. Well, she also mentions her ADHD diagnosis, the fact that she was adopted and never really felt a part of the family that she was adopted she to. She has way too much issues. She, I don't know about way too much, but she does have some. She does have some issues. But, you know, she really prides herself on being um, a freak, a fuckboy lesbian. That's what she really prides herself on. <laughs> On being somebody who's very sexually experienced and knows how to give girls a good time, but not a long time apparently, because they be leaving. So no, her ADHD kicks in. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, that happens. That happens. And she talks about it. She talks about how like trying to focus, the juggle with meds, and everything. You know, is also part of her life and part of how she has to navigate things. Um, apparently, she had a very serious relationship prior. That just ended, and she didn't see it coming at all. The Her girlfriend at the time just broke up with her. She feels like out of the blue, and it just ended. And she says that she's not never had a relationship that's, like, gone the long haul for her. It's like, huh, interesting. So she's on her way to, to the U.K. to visit another girl called Dempsey. Mm-hmm. Here's a plot twist. Her ex is another U.K. girl from yes. the U.K. who actually wants to meet her two at the airport when she lands no she doesn't want to meet her at the airport but she does want statler to come see her when, while she's in the uk yes she says she wanted to meet her at the airport but statler told her no no that was something else oh okay i thought that was anywho she has a very quick conundrum to not deal quick with. but so statler met dempsey online apparently she's got a thing for girls with english accents her ex is also from the uk That'll get you in trouble every time. It's only been online for like the last, I want to say it's only been a few months. I don't even think it's been a year. I think it's been like nine months maybe. But she's like, this might be the one. She's going to go. She did not really plan to go out to the UK with Dempsey. She just told Dempsey she's coming to the UK. While Dempsey was still on her trip with her dad to Thailand. So. And plot twist, if she likes it, she's going to stay. That's what she says. Another plot twist. She's also ADHD. So who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, so. so that means you get to inconvenience somebody else's life? No, but it does mean that your attention span, zero. So she's packing, get ready for that. We meet uh, Statler's friend who seems to be like asking the good questions of like, did you think this through? <laughs> like, are you, are you sure you want to do all of this? This is a lot of things you're trying to do at one time. And she's just and like, you've yeah. you've done this before and you fell on your face. She's pinning all of her hopes on Dempsey. She's like, if I can't make it work with Dempsey, I'm not going to be able to make it work with anyone. And I'm like, that's a lot of pressure to put on a nine-month-year-old relationship, if even that. I know it's not a full year. So, you know, especially one where you're just talking online. That's a lot. So, and she's like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to figure it out. So, she, <laughs> she's doing that. Um, she has anxiety about meeting Dempsey. Oh, she thinks that her and Dempsey are supposed to meet at the airport, but then it turns out Dempsey's flight may not be coming in at the time she thought it was going to be coming in. So they may not be able to meet at the airport. But the point is they'll both be in the same country. 
Uh, so it'll be a lovely train walk to wa- train wreck to watch when they finally meet up. See if this ex gets involved. Yep. See if Statler decides to just live in the UK. Yep. It'll be a train wreck waiting to happen. <laughs> and it'll be hopefully it's a good train wreck to watch happen. Moving on to Sheila and David. Uh, it's the day after David's first night of arriving, which was a roller coaster and a half of David trying to figure out where to pee. Uh, questionable food choices for David. And then trying to get it in with Sheila. And this is where I'm going to say that the producers, again, for the show ain't shit because they get into way too much detail about that first night for David and Sheila. <sighs> I think they have a fetish. <laughs> Who, David and Sheila? No, the producers. Oh. Essentially, essentially, they tried to, you know, flip it up and reverse it um, (laughs) that evening, but they couldn't really do too much because pain, because pain. David's like, I couldn't really. He literally signs how he couldn't fit in Sheila. And Sheila's talking about how, like, it's been a long time for her since she's been with somebody that way. So there was a lot of pain. This is TMI. I'm going to put my opinion out there. That tells me there wasn't a lot of warm-up for her. There was zero warm-up for her. That's what it sounds like to me. But he said he's good with his hands. (laughs) I think after the fact. I think after the fact, he had to be because he couldn't do the one thing he wanted to do. He's doing sign language in that you-know-what. Actually, that probably works. That probably works. Mm. So, anyway. Can you hear me? Um... We find out that he's got gifts to give Sheila. He gives her some flashcards, which I thought was really cute to learn ASL. She really liked it. Um, he also brings up that they can check each other's phones now. Apparently, Sheila and David had an agreement that when he meets her in person, they were going to check each other's phones. Sheila uh, has a lot of trust issues when it comes to her relationships because she's dealt with a lot of cheating. And she just wanted to see if David was talking to other women. She does find a photo of a woman in David's phone and it turns out it's a friend of his from school and he needed that photo to give to friends who were interested in this friend from school so that's why she's in there and that's the only reason and I believe him he he doesn't strike me as somebody who's like I have several different ladies in several different area codes you don't need to know about question yeah how do you sign I'm coming I don't know look it up okay (laughs) anyway so, basically, there's nothing in these phones. And they start their day. They're walking around. <sighs> Here's where my bias is going to show. Sheila takes David to an open market in the Philippines. I need you to realize that Asian markets here already have a stigma attached to them. There's a lot of people who aren't familiar with an Asian open market that don't realize that these animal byproducts that we're buying have smells to them. They do. Whether they're fresh or not, they're going to have a smell to them because smells exist. David goes to this open market, and he is disgusted. He's disgusted by all the open meat. He sees insects coming in and out because, you know, it's in an open market. There's food for him to try. Sheila's really excited for him to try dried squid, which is delicious. Dried squid is delicious. the devil told you that lie? I have had dried squid. It's delicious. Okay. It tastes like jerky. Tastes like shit. It's good. If jerky tastes like shit. It's good. It's delicious. It just doesn't have all the salt byproduct. It's better for you. Better out than in? <laughs> it's, 
better for you and is good for you. Okay. And the funny thing is, all of that open meat that he was so disgusted by probably is healthier than any of the meat we got here. No, it is healthier than anything <laughs> we got here. <laughs> so, anywho, after they leave the market, um, they come across like a statue. They're like standing outside of a church, I think. Do you remember? No. Okay, great. They're standing outside of like a church or something in the evening. And they get into a discussion about past relationships. David asked Sheila about her past relationship. I remember that. And it was with her baby daddy. And uh, it was a, who was another Filipino man. And she dealt with infidelity. She dealt with cheating. So that's it wasn't a great relationship for her, she says. And then she asked David about his past relationship. We get an aside from David who's like, I'm not talking about my past relationships because if I talk about them, Sheila's going to think I'm cheating. And I'm like, why is Sheila going to think you're cheating? That's an odd way to finger that. <laughs> it's very interesting. that that. I mean, I understand that she's a jealous type. I get that. But are you saying, by not saying this, that you still have a relationship with this person then? Are you saying that you guys are still talking? You have a friendship maybe with this person? <laughs> I want to see him sign his way out of this one. Well, he just doesn't talk about it. So when Sheila's like, what about you? He's like, no. <laughs> the past is the past. I'm not talking about it. She's like, uh, okay, I guess. And we end it there. We don't go any further. That's amazing. To be deaf and say, well, don't say, just sign. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> and the person goes, just because you're deaf, I'm going to let it go. I don't know that she lets it go. They just cut it there. So I don't know that she actually lets it go. She don't want to argue with a dude that's just going to wave at her the whole time. Anyway, moving into the next couple, Christian and Cleo. What a train wreck. Wow. Just, okay, cool. What Christian a and train wreck. Cleo. So every time we see Christian and Cleo, it's further cementing to me that Christian has no idea what he's doing. And he is wasting Cleo's time, in my opinion. I don't think he's wasting her time. I think that he just doesn't know what to do mm -hmm. because I don't think he's ever been this close to the finish line or the beginning of the line. Mm. With a trans woman? Yeah. Okay. So. He's got his own hangups, you're saying? Yeah. It. And I think he allowed his family and friends to get in his head now he's screwed so that's what i that's what i think it is i mm -hmm. think he's now this relationship is screwed because he allowed outside thoughts to get in so now it's done i just think it's a matter of time before it's over yeah i think the next uh so we end Oh, we saw a future scene where they're going to be, like, at a dinner or something. Well, let's talk about what they did in this episode before okay. we go to the future scene, uh, which is also not great. So, Cleo is excited to finally meet Christian. This was Christian landing, finally, in the UK. Apparently, Christian has been thrown up on this plane and having nosebleeds the entire trip. Which <laughs> is odd to me, but sure. The throwing well, up, I get. The nosebleeds, I get. Okay. The throwing up. I get the throwing up. It's a lot of mo if you're If you're easily motion sickness... A plane trip's going to make you Which throw up. Which leads me to believe there was a lot of turbulence Probably. the whole way. Probably. It's a long flight. He said it was a 21-hour flight. Yeah. So, um, but he's, so he's glad to finally land. Remember, in the previous episode, he had this whole big thing about not kissing Cleo in public when he landed. Cleo was hoping he was going to change his mind, but she wasn't going to push the issue. He lands. He, he sees her. He it, gets to her. 
and he kisses her. He inhales her face. It is a little aggressive and fast, <laughs> but it is a kiss. It is a kiss that happens. Claire went, yeah, she threw up a little bit. She's like, uh, first of all. I think she was just surprised. It looked, surpri- um, like, it looked like she was like, uh, okay. Germs. Okay. She went germs. She's not OCD. I don't know why you think she is. She's not. Then she put on her headphones and rocked out to some music and they got in the car. You're so crazy. Anyway, um, we did see how she sets up to go to places because she's evil, easily overstimulated. So she needs a plan in place for her to go to places, especially that are heavily populated by other people, like an airport or a restaurant. So she packed all her stuff to, to help her with that. She's got a fidget spinner. She's got her headphones. She's got her, her sunflower lanyard. She, she's planned and ready. Like, she knows how to navigate this. She's ready to go. Um, so Christian still is talking about his anxiety around Cleo. And that basically being in person makes everything real. Yeah. Yeah, that is what happens. So It's real when you're in person. Absolutely. They finally go back to the Airbnb. And that's when Christian starts to get kind of weird. He's awkward as hell. He's so awkward. He doesn't want to engage in being a play dad for Cleo's kittens. Like, Which, vehemently. Like, like, he's really taking a but stance. But some people just don't like cats. They're, first of all, these cats are adorable. I don't like cats like that. Some but those cats are adorable. Like I don't like cats like that. Cats are evil. Listen. They're the spawn of Satan's right hand. The person you like, though, loves these cats. These cats are a huge help to this person that you like. Looks like me and that person are not going to be together long. I mean, I mean, I mean, like that was, that should have been the warning or that, that should have been what cemented it for Cleo. But you can't get along with my cats. To All right. me, okay. to me, so now looking at, looking back at it now mm-hmm. in my head, mm-hmm. the kiss was for show. Agreed. I agree. He was like, uh, let me not look like a douche. I kiss her. Because now you're... T- you're by yourselves, mm-hmm. so it shouldn't be so awkward. Right. Well, but he's also on camera, so they're not by themselves by themselves. He's still on camera. But anyway. But then why do the kiss in public and on camera? So that he doesn't look like a douche. But or, or maybe he genuinely wanted just to see. So you think he kissed her and he felt nothing, and then he's like, oh, my God, I'm actually kissing. I don't. Oh, female that used to be a guy. I don't think that he felt And all the things that his family and friends were talking about got in his head. And from that point on, he became awkward and weird. Yeah, basically, yeah. I think he he kissed somebody who was assigned male at birth, and that was loud in his head. I think he was still dealing with the opinions of the people around him as well, and that was loud in his head. And then also, he had been talking about being anxious about being intimate with Cleo before this. So I think now he was like, oh, no, like I'm here now. Like this could happen now. We're sharing a bed. We're going to this Airbnb that's one bedroom to share a bed. I'm not going to say what I, what I got in my head. Good. Keep that to yourself. So It's going to come out if we don't move on. Okay. I'm just joking. It's going to come out of it. Cleo's hoping they figure out how to have PDA because she actually likes that. She likes being, you know, having somebody be attentive. PDA? Calvin. What? I said PDA. Please be respectful. So. I said PDA. So, anywho. 
I don't think they're going to do anything. Cause now I we can talk about the future episode, the preview for the future episode. So in the future episode, they go to a bar. Restaurant. A restaurant. And yep. he starts, I guess, talking to other women. Yes, they're sitting at a table. And there's a table of women not close to them, like across the way. And he immediately turns his whole body around to flirt and talk with these ladies in front of Cleo. I think he's nervous. I understand that, but it's still disrespectful. I get what you're saying. I think they just need to call it quits. I think that's when they call it quits. I think I agree. Cleo calls, calls it quits because I think she realizes you're not mature enough and ready for this. Exactly. So let's move on. And you don't like my cats. <laughs> and you don't like my cats. No one really likes cats. People like cats. The devil himself, yes. Anyway, and that's it for 90 Day Fiance. We didn't get any Amanda and Razvlan. Um, and people who don't have friends. Who That like cats? Yes. That's not true. Yeah. That's not true. Yeah, people who don't have friends and the devil himself. Only people that like cats. I find that interesting. When, when we were talking about getting pets, you were like a cat. Yes, because I don't have to worry about a cat. You just said there's a devil incarnate. Why wouldn't you be worried about a cat? I wouldn't be worried. That's why. You wouldn't be worried for your soul if they're the devil incarnate? Cats don't. Well, cats stay away. Cats don't need affection or attention. Then how are they the devil incarnate? Because when you least suspect it, that's when they kill you. You're so crazy. All right. That's it for Nine Day Fiance. <laughs> you like that? Because we like that. Listen to us on all podcast platforms, especially Spotify. Interact. Do all the things. Because you know we like that. This week's Worth the Watch was Queen of Kings. We had two. And Mm -hmm. Tiffany the Doll. Mm -hmm. Two horrible black independent Tubi movies. Yes. If you have nothing to do with your life. And you just want to sit back and laugh, put in a bad to be black, what's it under? Black um cinema. cinema. Black, and then there's black ind- independent cinema. Black independent cinema. And just pick. You can't go wrong. You actually don't even have to go to the category. Just start scrolling through. You're going to see it. It'll yeah. pop up. Just pick. Can't go wrong. Well, I mean, we have all these jokes about the type of to be movies <laughs> that are on there, especially when they're black independent films. But name another space that's promoting black independent films. YouTube. No. Promoting it? YouTube is not doing that. Well, then. YouTube provides a space, but it also caps it at a certain point. So it can't be a full film. They'd have to do it in pieces. Well, then. But Tubi allows you to post that full thing in however way you wanted to put it. There's a New York Times article about how Tubi is rewriting the rules of black indie movies for free. So it's not costing people to get this hosted on Tubi. And with the growing audience that Tubi is getting, that's even more eyes to see your project. So even though some of these projects are like very interesting. So how the hell is Tubi making money? Tubi's making money through ads. More people that come on here to watch stuff, more eyes are going to watch those ads. That's how they're making their money. They're not making money from the movies. We love How are these film people are making money? Is my question. We love Tubi. I'm very, I mean, I was surprised that Tubi, because Tubi's kind of take, I don't know if you've noticed, you haven't. A lot of Tubi originals wow. are, are black cinema movies wow. or, or black independent movies. Wow. You just ignore my whole. Did you notice then? 
that a lot of independent film, a lot of Tubi's original independent films are black? Uh, I just watched Tubi for the old school stuff. So you didn't know. So anyway, we watched Queen of Kings. Oh boy, this is going to end our relationship at some point. <laughs> right, because I'm correct. We, so we watched Queen of Kings oh and we watched Tiffany the Doll. Queen of Kings was a production out of Detroit that, I mean, they spent money for the setup. There's a whole intro to this film that feels like it should have been a TV show intro. But whatever, they did it the way they wanted to do it. Sounds like Tubi said, you know what, we're just going to make this a movie. We don't need other episodes. I don't know that Tubi made that dis- distinction or if the the, sh- the film did. I feel like this was supposed to be a franchise. Like I feel like there's supposed to be more than one of these. Especially the way it ended. But let's talk about it, shall we? So, we watched Queen of Kings. Booyaka. Queen of Kings is about a dancer named Alicia. And I mean by dancer, exotic dancer, stri- scripper. She make booty claps. Booty clap professional. Alicia. Pop, 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 pop. Uh, they, actually, they were playing Ying Yang Twins out the wazoo for this film. Now that I'm thinking about it, how'd they get the licensing rights to play Ying Yang? Yang probably don't even own their own music yet. Interesting. Just whistle while you twerk. Interesting. Anyway, the movie showcases the life of drug dealers of Detroit City who are also into gambling, making money through illegal work, and bad influence. I feel like those are all synonyms of being drug dealers in Detroit. Yes. This movie will make you say, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So Alicia, who's the main character, is trying to leave the dancing job and gets involved with a drug dealer named Victor Angel. Victor Angel. <laughs> it says Victor Angel, but I think it's supposed to be Victoria Angel. I think it's the yeah. DA. Plot twist. The person she's working for is the DA. Spoiler. Not plot twist. Spoiler. So, Spoiler alert. But basically, the movie was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I was able to watch that whole thing without being like, I need to stand it. I need to stop this. It was fun. No, I wanted them to stop it. Um, <laughs> uh, I wanted it to end. Um. So basically, she got her friends in the strip clubs, and somehow they became assassins overnight. No, they didn't become assassins overnight. So the story set up was that they had been, <laughs> they have been the armed part of this drug cartel working for, I want to say Big Rich was the guy's name. They give me the names of these characters, but I, without the faces, I don't know. Who is who? Um, but yeah, so there's a main drug dealer who I think is big rich. And he's got a guy named Leo who's the big black guy who got mad at everything. Yes. So he was running Detroit, apparently, on the drug side. He's got a lower minion that she fights with at first and then kills. Okay. And I don't remember what that dude's name was. Who knows? He was the shortest dude giving orders. He So he was barking orders at Alicia saying she needed to get his money because she goes to deliver money, right? Not drugs. Money. Yeah, at the same time too. Making sexual windows to her at the same time. So here's the thing is that they're enforcers. So they're not selling this product. They're going after the people that are selling this product for this guy to get the money that they owe this person. So they enforce that. They're trying to get this money. That's why they're they're assassins. Quote unquote. There's a lot of guns. So, but her and this dude don't hit it off. Because, first of all, I don't even know why he was angry. I don't even know what deal went down that was bad. 
He was just mad. I think that dude got half the money either snatched up by the police uh-huh. or he lost half, or he or he was short. Sorry. Either way, they were playing cards. She comes up. They're talking. He's making sexual windows with her. She was like, I don't got time for this. Where the money at? He's insulting her at the same time. Mm-hmm. So long story short, dude leaves. She gets she drops off she got to drop off. She leaves. Mm-hmm. He gets on the other guy for being short or whatever. Shoots that guy in the hand. No blood comes out nowhere. That guy takes off. He gets him out of there. And at some point, she comes back with her girls and they hit the place. Kill them all. Take the money. I think we skipped some steps. He also has an officer on his on payroll. His payroll, yeah. This guy named Officer Smith, the only white guy so, in the show. So they hit that one. They didn't kill him the first time. They just got hit hit up some his other people, took the money. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, then what happened, Javon? After she drops off the money, she realizes that this dude is going to be disrespectful to her. So she makes yes. a note to say that, okay, yeah. I understand that you don't like to wait, so I'm going to remember two, that. he's also become a liability in her eyes. No, he was competition, and she needed him out the way. Because we find out later she's working for that DA. He was also becoming a liability. Because she says the same thing to a white guy. You're starting to become a liability. She didn't say the liability part to the black guy. Okay. <laughs> okay. But he was co- direct competition because he's working for Big Rich. And we find out there's another player, but no one knows who these other, this other player is. We also find out that Alicia and her crew stopped working for Big Rich. So they go from trying to deliver this money to taking this money. Full out. For that Gun dude, shootouts happen. So that dude, I don't think he works for Big Rich. I think they're all No, he did. That's why he was scared of Leo when they came in. Okay. Because that's what he was like. I'm working on getting what I owe you. And then they got into it. Oh, no. What's his face? Sent people over to kill him. That's what happened. And that's how we find out about B- Big Rich and Leo. Apparently, they've been running Detroit for some time when it comes to the drunk game. Um, there's lots of scene of them getting on a boat that is docked and doesn't go anywhere. And I'm not sure why we do that every time. Then a full out gun war happens between Alicia's crew and Big Rich's people. Somehow Alicia's crew gets the drop on Big Rich's people over and over and over again. They know where the safe houses are. They know next time they're going to be doing their distribution. And they're stealing, I think, just the money. I don't know that they're stealing the product. Okay. You said okay. Then we find out who the big person is that the girls are working for. And it is the DA, the district attorney. A.K.A. Victoria. When she's in the house, she's the brat. When she's outside, she's DJ Quick. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> well, that's how she looks. When she's in the house, she looks like the brat. Listen, this is also a movie that has very explicit sex scenes. It's very, it's very interesting and when, she when these scenes happen. When she leaves out the house, she's DJ Quick. Listen. They use the license for these strippers as much as they do. You, it's a lot of ass and titties in this movie. Listen, it, it, well, I mean, so a lot of Alicia's business comes out of her club. So we get a lot of scenes with girls on the pole, girls twerking it, girls. There's a, there's a part in the movie where Big Rich's men try to infiltrate the club because they know Alicia's crew has something to do with their money issue. 
their their plan is to go in as patrons and then try to shake information from the girls. However, they go in as patrons and then just get obsessed with the booty clapping of the girls. They don't actually enact their plan whatsoever. And then they get caught up by the police. In the, in the meanwhile, there, is, there are actual legitimate officers that are trying to break down what's going on. One officer in particular is a guy named Detective Jones, the tall black guy, who just be showing up at places for drop-offs and whatnot. And you would think he has more than enough evidence at this point to do something, but apparently he doesn't. Because so he, he doesn't know the big player. Apparently. So, Yet. So these guys get caught up, and it's up to Detective Jones to figure out how he get this information. We also get murders that happen. And, oh, by the way, Detective Jones is the only person in the Detroit Police Department who can't be bought. Apparently, they bought everybody else. We find out. We find out that they've got all other kinds of detectives. They've got the sergeant, of the captain. They got, they got the all captain. kinds of people. Because the so. captain shows up at the Bright's house. Yes, the captain shows up at Victoria Banks' house, the DA, to be like, it's getting out of control. Too many people are dying. And she's like, it's not my problem. <laughs> so You see me got my see me running all these bitches in my whorehouse. Get out of here. Also, they don't really establish how Victoria got into this game. We meet Victoria as the next big boss almost towards the end of the film. We know Alicia's working for somebody. We just don't know who. But then they finally introduce us to Victoria out of nowhere. And we're just, and they just tell you up front, yeah, this is it. This is her. She's got girls on the side. She's, they try to show her parallel to like how Big Rich and the other big names are treating their lifestyles, being these huge hustlers. It's, and then we find out Alicia and the DA have a romantic relationship. Alicia's been doing all of this, not only to get away from the club and out of the life, but to be with the detective, or the detective, the district attorney. Detective Jones has suspicions around the DA, but nothing ever gets established. Also, there's a side story with Detective Jones when he sleeps with a co-worker. It comes because out of nowhere. Because he's too busy getting them big titties thrown in his face it every two minutes. out of with nowhere. With flatback. Flatback is throwing titties in his face. It comes out of nowhere. Uh, the movie ends with Alicia turning on Victoria. We find out at the end of the movie, Alicia finds out at the end of the movie, that all of this work she did for this person was for nothing. She thought she would be done. But Victoria's like, no, I'm, you got to keep working for me. I made you. I can break you. So you better get on board, essentially. So no, it was more about she found out that the DA didn't love her. Yes. That's what it's mainly about. But also. And she's just a piece of meat or just a piece of meat. And just another cog in the system that she's trying to operation that she won't she run. Which which is what I said. Sure. Yes. <laughs> oh. So she finds all that out. She finds out that all this stuff that she's been doing is basically for nothing. She thought it was for something. It's for nothing. And this includes her killing some of her own people. She she killed one of the dancers for not getting the money on time for what they were trying to do. Did she kill a dancer or she just burned her face? That is the question, because we never go back to that. You she, see her and the dancer get into it because the dancer didn't bring the money she was supposed to bring. Then she she grabs the dancer by one hand. Dancer passes out immediately. She chokes her sexu sexually. Never chokes her. Just puts her hand on her neck. Dancer passes out immediately. And then she takes her fake cigar and supposedly puts it on the dancer's face. We don't know if the dancer's dead. Which made no sense because if she's dead. Burning her face will not make an uh, example because she's dead. Is she dead? I think the Is example, she just knocked out? We don't know. I think the example of her being dead would be more pertinent to 
the burning of the cigar Something, in the face. Anything. What's happening? So There's it, it also like, another scene where the white detective uh-huh. starts to show his ass. Oh, so the white detective that they established at the beginning is basically the bad police officer, essentially. He's completely rotted and corrupted. Um, and he was working for Big Rich, and then he was working for uh, the other guy. I want to say Victor Angel was the little man. And then he ends up working for Alicia's crew. Because they take him out. Well, so at first they were just paying him for his services. They're like, meet us, we'll pay you more. Mm-hmm. It was working. But then he gets greedy. And it's yes. like, you need to pay me even more money. And I want to be with this other dancer chick who said no to me. So they're like, fine, we got you. And then they knock him out and do things to him. Yes. So. Let's just say he won't be laying on his back. For a little while. It's not great. And apparently took video and picture and a whole thing in order to blackmail him to work for even less. Mm-hmm. So it uh, didn't work the way he so, thought. So, in other words, he screwed himself literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does he die at the end? I'm trying to think. I have no idea. They have a huge shootout. A lot of people die. I don't know if he's one of them. I don't know. A lot of people die, don't die. The movie so, is interesting. Fast forward to the end. That was the end. Alicia finds out that her and the DA are a couple yeah. and that she can't get out of the life. The DA is like, so you're going to keep doing this for me anyway. So she kills the DA in the shower. And that's the end of the movie. No, not quite. So then one of her friends or one of the ladies that are working with her has this boyfriend who's like. That's not ex- the end of the movie. That's back in, towards the middle of it. But yeah, we didn't even talk about him. Oh, okay. So there is a guy who was working for Big Rich. Who inadvertently was also that Alicia had to deal with inadvertently when she had to meet up with Big Rich or his minion. Who's very handsy. He's very he's an older gentleman, very handsy. She'd get really mad at him. But he was smart about it. He was like, keep an eye on this girl. She's gonna run things. And he's very he's hyper aware of the fact that she is making moves without the boss knowing. He's like one step ahead of her, and then we find out why he's messing with one of her dancers. Yes. So Apparently, him and the dancer have a plan to do their own thing at some point. Yep. And he tries, I think he tries to get the D, he tries to flip somebody to join them. And I don't remember if it was the detective or somebody else. Uh, nah. So, he teams up with that rich dude. Big uh, Rich, okay. Big Rich. But it goes left. Yeah. Did he kill the big fat guy? I don't think he did. I think one of the girls did. Okay. So, then... Prior to the DEA getting killed, he goes... The big guy works for Big Rich, by the way. Yeah, he goes to kill Big Rich. Mm -hmm. He shoots Big Rich. We think Big Rich is dead. So now the district attorney is dead. Now we're flashing forward. And then we get a scene of another big guy who's actually the guy who's supplying Detroit. Now he wants to make himself known to... What's Alicia. Alicia. So he's coming in. I guess to now. Well, so Big Rich is alive, but not in the game anymore. He faked the death, right? Yeah. So, no, he just happened to have on uh, Kevlar. Kevlar. When the dude shot him. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The dude doesn't know he's not dead. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, and then. But, so Big Rich is still out there, but not necessarily in the game. Yeah. Okay. So now. The DA is dead. So the other big wig they had is gone. Yeah. And at least she's going to be trying to step into that place. And then yeah. we meet another big wig. Yeah. Who, I guess who's the main supplier for Detroit. Right. Now he's going to make himself known to Alicia. Right. And then we find out big whatever is, isn't dead. And then the movie ends. Again, 
if this was supposed to be a series, I could see, I could see. Then it sounds it like it's supposed to be a part two. So this movie came out in 2022. If there is going to be a part two, I don't know when. Um, but crazier things have happened. Uh, but it, again, it was fun. It was a fun watch. I'm if you want to watch something confusing and laugh and be like, that didn't make sense. Well, they're very, very accurate sliding down a pole without aiming. Listen, Amazing. It, 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 it may not make a whole lot of sense, but it's enough to piece together to be like, okay, what is going to happen next? I also really like that the women were at the forefront of making a lot of change for themselves. I did like that part of the story. I did like that they were cold-blooded when it came to making sure they got what they needed. And they constantly used the stereotyped expectations of themselves to lure these people in every time. And it was hilarious. Like when they pretend the car's broken down and they're like, I don't know what to do. And they get into that safe house. Or when they pretend to hit on somebody, this guy's like, well, you know, even though I'm supposed to kill you, I will have sex with you. And they kill him. Stuff like that. Makes me laugh. I love it. Men are stupid. I don't know what to tell you. Men are stupid. I don't know know what to say. So that's called Queen of Kings on Tubi. If you want to waste an hour to just laugh, watch it. No. So good. The creme de la creme. Calvin's people. Once again, no. Yes. Tiffany the doll. First of all, when we were looking at the credits, you said you might have recognized one of the names. Yeah. Just recognizing one of the names. That's it. This is a Geechee One production, which means it's out of South Carolina, not of Charleston. A Geechee One Productions. You heard me. Which also means Calvin was checking for accents, and apparently there's more accents in this one than there was in the other one. A lot of accents. (laughs) Almost made the movie unwatchable. (laughs) There's a couple times where even the subtitles just put mumbling, and I had to ask Calvin what they said, and he knew exactly what they said. Sure. That, That one scene where the guy has to buy stuff in that store, I had no idea what he said, and you said it was extra strength. Oh, yeah. The movie didn't know what he said. They put mumbling. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So. All right. Anyway, Get You in Production, Tiffany the Doll. It is a horror film. I also feel like it's a self-aware, bad horror film. It knows it's not not trying to be a high-caliber one. I thought a lot of things about horror was not one of them. Well, it it is supposed to be a horror film. So, (laughs) the, the synopsis of this is that a popular sex doll called Tiffany the Doll is hitting the streets. It's becoming available for purchase. People are buying this doll, and havoc is happening. These dolls are turning and killing people. People in Charleston is buying this doll at an alarming, alarming rate. So the first trailer we watched of this movie made it seem like a couple buys a sex doll named Tiffany the Doll, and this doll breaks up this marriage and kills them. That's what the trailer looked like. Then we start watching the movie. Don't see any of the scenes we saw in the trailer. Then we pause the movie to check the trailer. Completely different. It's a completely different trailer with scenes from the actual movie, which We're is like, insane. What's happening? I'm like, that's not the original trailer we watched at all. I don't know how what's they changed happening? this trailer in the middle of the Come movie, on. but in the middle of the movie, they literally changed their trailer. I'm like, that's the first. Wow. Interesting. Or maybe we, because we watched the first trailer on the computer. Maybe it was older. And the trailer, trailer made more sense than the movie. So, at the beginning of this movie, I think the lady that was calling to see if she could find her guy and then found the doll, that was the lady from the first trailer. Okay. And then she sees the doll, but but then she sees the guy is dead and she leaves. That was that couple from the first trailer. So, I wonder if they shot a bunch of scenes around that first, because we never come back to them. So, I wonder if they saw a bunch of, they had a bunch of stuff with that, didn't like that story, decided to change it. I don't know. 
It couldn't have been worse than the first thing it was doing. Anyway. It couldn't have been any worse than what they ended up with. <laughs> I'm Listen, just saying. I'm just saying, if if we can have regular movies like of this caliber with a bunch of white people in it, we could do it with a bunch of black people. Do it. I don't watch Get this, exposure. this caliber movie with white people. I do. I love a bad horror film. I love a bad horror film. It's so fun. And this was one of them. So anyway, let's watch it. So Tiffany the Doll comes out. We, the movie starts... Uh, like I said, with a random scene of a woman walking down a hallway, talking to her friend about how she's trying to find her man. She thinks this man is cheating on her, and she's about to set things right. She barges into the hotel room, sees the doll on the bed, looks for her, her person, sees that this person is dead on the floor, screams, leaves. We never come back to this couple. This couple, so this couple doesn't exist after this. She had a bat in her hand. She's, re- she's ready to go Hank Aaron on this dude. Or Babe Ruth, whoever you prefer. She walking through this apartment. I mean, this hotel room. She goes into the closet, opens the closet door. He falls out. She takes off running. That's it. Okay. Then we cut to a toy store. We never come back to that couple. So, then, all of a sudden, we've got somebody named Keisha who is bringing her friend. Keisha. Sandra. To a Lawanda. sex toy store called The Guilty Freak Pleasure. Freak. Sorry. So what I say? A uh, sex toy store. She's bringing her friend to a sex toy store. Go ahead. They're starting to check out stuff in a sex toy store. Mm-hmm. They're picking up anim- uh, objects like penises, cock rings, uh, lubes, uh, other sex toys. Why are you things? rubbing yourself? Why are you saying this? Because I don't know where I'm going with this. Okay. So the thank you. Keisha's in there. With her friend, they're there because they got invited to see this new unveiling of a product, which is the oh, dolls. Oh, yeah, that's why they're there. I forgot all about that. They are also looking at all these products. Also, this is a real sex store in North Carolina. Or not North Carolina, in South Carolina. It's really called the Guilty Pleasure. Yeah. They filmed a lot in this store. I wonder if they made a deal to be like, you're about to get all kinds of business, my man. So anyway. Pretty much. They get told to take seats. The unveiling's about to happen. There's zero seats. There's a there little bit only of only a... like seven seats. <laughs> All the seats are filled. Meanwhile, there's a creepy guy just walking around the we store. We don't see the creepy guy until a little bit after the presentation. So the presentation opens by a lady named Dr. Love. Dr. Love is talking about how she's created the most realistic sex dolls in the industry, right? And they pan to the dolls, and it's very clear that these are people. Breathing. Blinking, shifting in place, people. So let's start there. Okay. These dolls are already moving, kind of, sort of. No one says anything. No one sees it. It's no supposed to be one a doll. picks it up. They're supposed to be inanimate dolls. Meanwhile, they like they're blinking, blinking. Like not like just a quick little blink and stop. They're like, like trying to send SOS. They you blinking. They're literally trying to send out an SOS uh-huh. by blinking a lot. Uh-huh. One time I was like. She is literally, this lady hasn't stopped blinking for like a minute. Mm-hmm. You can see them kind of breathing. And mm-hmm. every once in a while, they'll turn their head or do something. No one sees this the whole time she's introducing these new dolls. Well, okay. they it's, it's a low-budget independent film, first of all. Secondly, I could see why they weren't using regular dolls and then switching it to real people. Because the whole point of this lady's speech was that they look like real people. So they were like, we're just going to use the real people. So they show the dolls. We've got one male doll named Henry. 
And then we've got several different variations of what she calls a Tiffany doll, which are all the ladies. And she's like, you can get them skinny, you can get them plus size. We got light skins, dark skins, whatever you want. They're all black. So they, she invites people to come up and touch the dolls, which was a little creepy because we know these are real people. So it's like, okay. All right. Um, but Keisha's excited. She's excited about what she saw. Next scene. Keisha is woken up by her friend Cherie. Her friend Cherie is calling um, because Cherie's having issues with her relationship. She's got a man who's very busy and working and is not really paying her the type of physical intimacy attention she wants. So she's going to bug her friend Keisha about it. So Keisha relays that she had a very exciting day the day before because she got to see some sex dolls and she's about to put a deposit down on a doll that costs $10,000 so that she can have her own Henry. And we never see her get Henry. Remember she said she put her last payment in? She was supposed to get him? Well, Henry... Well, I take that back. Tiffany dolls were killing everybody. So I'm pretty sure she don't want the Henry doll now. Was Henry supposed to kill people? I have more questions. I never saw Henry leave the, the back... The, the, the back... The stock room. So, Henry never left the stock room. Spoiler. The point is, these dolls come alive and start killing people. They don't really give an answer as to why these dolls are killing people. They just start killing people. They kind of... They don't give an answer why, but the doc... Kinds of give a soliloquy on why she created them or whatever, mm-hmm. which still didn't make any sense. She's like, I created them for love. They're only going to act in love unless they're threatened. I'm like, what? <laughs> and okay. then, so we move on. So this guy actually buys a the Tiffany doll flat out. So, yes, there's a lurker. At the end of the presentation, there's a dude, like, not even close to the crowd watching the presentation, just like, Looking real creepy and interested and very predator-ish. Me, mainly looking like a, re- a regular dude. He, he, actually, they made him look like a poindexter. And they made him talk like one, too. He's no different than a regular dude. He's wearing glasses. He's got a full suit. And he's like, yes, please. Anyway, so. You've seen dudes lurking in the background looking creepy and stuff. True. So, he comes back the next day and is like, I want to buy a Tiffany doll outright. He puts $10,000 on a debit card. He said $10,000 cash. No cash, debit. Then um, he gets the doll, and they're like, okay. Because they thought he was going to finance it or whatever, because it's $10,000. Anyway, he gets this doll. He's living his life. He's having the time of his life. He's got the doll back at his. I don't know if this was supposed to be his place or hotel. It's clearly a hotel, but are they treating it like an apartment? I don't ask any questions anymore to bad movies. (laughs) I just go with the flow. The lurker gets the doll back to his place, and he's talking to it fully. He's trying to romance the doll. Give it some teddy pee. Come on and go with me. He pours two glasses of wine for him and the doll. He Come slow dances with the doll. Apparently, he put in a, um, no, because they came and delivered, like, room service. I don't understand. Yes, he got ice. But then he was like, want some? Want some ice? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so. He gets room service, so he's got to turn away from the doll. He gets an ice bucket. Music still playing. And then the doll is gone. The doll is gone. And he's not like, let me get out of here. This doll clearly moved. He's like, oh, I think she's playing hide and seek. It's been a second. You put that doll in a chair and went to the door. Now the doll is gone. Now the second song in his head should have been, move, bitch, get out the way. Because I'd have been running down the hallway. Yeah. That's what I've been playing. Move, bitch, get out the way, because I'm out. He's thinking it's a game. He goes to check the bathroom, 
And we see the Tiffany doll come out of the closet with an iron, and she hits his man over the head with an iron. Because apparently she was in there ironing some shit out. She kills him. And the, 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 the Guilty Pleasure store gets wind of it, and they talk about it at the store. Like, did you hear about that dude who paid out right to get this doll, and they found him dead? And that's the end of that conversation. We don't learn anything else. So while that is happening, we get back to Keisha and Cherie. Cherie has been trying to get her boyfriend to... She's trying to, trying to make a D appointment with her boyfriend. That's what she's trying to do. She was trying to get it in. And he's like, I can't. I'm busy. I'm tired. I don't feel like it. Let's schedule it for Saturday. And she's like, Saturday? He's like, yeah. And we don't go back to that. We don't get any explanation. We don't get no explanations about why. Because they're busy running for their lives <laughs> from <laughs> Tiffany dolls. That's why they never get back to the D. But they never, they don't start running until the end of the movie. I'm just saying. D is the last thing on my mind. This movie spends a lot of time showing us a little bit of the personalities of the people that they're focusing on. But mostly how these Tiffany dolls are just waking up and killing folk. But it's folk we don't know. It's randoms. That we've never seen before. So it's like, okay. So her husband goes to work. He's working with these three dudes. He's working with a guy named Scott. He's working with a guy named Zach. So Scott is telling. It's Scott, right? Yes. Scott is telling how his wife got them a Tiffany doll. His girl. Not his wife. That's well, his lady's girlfriend. On, he had on a ring. Calvin, nothing makes sense in here. Anywho. They got. Yeah, it was his wife. He, 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 they, she got him a Tiffany doll for the anniversary. She left him. She left him. Because he wanted the Tiffany doll more than her. But where'd she go? I don't know because she also, never comes back. he goes to the hospital. She never checks for him. I thought this was a girlfriend because he said he kept saying my girl. He never says my wife. He He's, says my girl. It's, a, it's an anniversary. You can have an anniversary with a girlfriend. Okay. All I know is she never comes back to check on him to make sure he didn't die. Point is Scott gets attacked by this doll. So... <laughs> Scott's going on about all the virtues of having a magical night with this doll. Him and his girl got it in with this doll, and he had the time of his life. Uh, Zach is like, with a doll, though? Mm, I don't know. He said, he's like, my girl wants it all the time, and I'm always too tired. So maybe I need a magical night. And then you got Dustin, who is Cherie's boyfriend, who's like, I always get it in and have a magical night with my girl. He doesn't. He hasn't been having sex with her at all. Anyway, then we see Scott. He's having another night with the doll. For whatever reason, him and the doll are propped up to watch a movie together. And his girl is supposed to watch it with him. But it's she gets frustrated and upset because he is doting on a doll. And she's like, you like this doll more than me. And she pushes the doll. <laughs> he goes, don't treat her like that. To the doll. And Joe's to help the doll. And she's like, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. So she leaves. And it's him and the doll. And he's like, we're about to enjoy and have a great night together. And then... I don't remember what prompts him. No, the doll starts moving, and he's like, "What's happening right now? What's going on?" The doll gets a knife out of nowhere and starts advancing all, Scott. By the way, all Tiffany dolls come with knives. Just two. All of them. Just two. Every Tiffany doll. The first I, Tiffany doll had an iron. Didn't yeah. have a knife. Well, well, the the rest came with knives. It was just two. We only see the two girls with knives every single time. So the Tiffany doll is moving. At a snail's pace to get him. He's on the floor, pulls at out his phone, pimp's pace. has a full, full co phone conversation with Dustin about how this doll is alive and trying to kill him. He doesn't try to get out the way. He doesn't try to knock the doll down. This is how you know we don't trust the police. <laughs> he called his best friend and said, hey, I think a doll is trying to kill me. 
Yes. He don't call the police. No. They never called the police. Nope. No one ever called the police. So Dustin is supposed to be having a night with Sheree. It's Saturday. They're supposed to get this D in. But he has to cancel on her again so he can go check out Scott. He calls Zach to meet him there. They get to Scott's place. They, I don't think they see the doll, but they see Scott messed up. And you see them over there just like, oh, my gosh. They pick up Scott, uh, allegedly throw this man in a car. No, what ha- the next scene is they're at the hospital. Thing says, yo, that fucking doll just moved. Oh, yes, the doll's sitting on the couch still. Yeah. So, okay. He said, that doll just fucking moved. They're like, I don't know what it is. That doll just moved. Thing is Zach. So, Zach said that. He notices it. But they leave the doll there. They grab their friend in their own car, and they make it to the hospital. They, it- when they get to the hospital, the doctor's like, yeah, he's, he's got a concussion. But then when we see Scott later, he's got bloody wraps around his head and hand. First of all, Scott was doing overnight in the uh, lounge area of the hospital. It's very interesting. It's clearly, again, another apartment. So, anyways. Oh, no. It looks like a hotel. Anyway. So, let's just put that out there. So. But I thought she, I thought she stabbed him. She had the knife. So. How did he get a concussion? Apparently, she thought it beat him in the head with the knife instead uh, of stabbing. Also, Whatever you think the time is that's happening in this movie probably isn't. Don't, You're like, it's been several days. No. no. <laughs> you see nope. scenes at day and then, then it's, it's night randomly, then but it's supposed to be the same time frame. They'll be in completely different outfits from one scene to the next, but then be back in the old outfit from the previous scene. To finish out the previous scene. So you're scene. like, are you in the same day? <laughs> There's a part in the movie where his friend is like, after Tiffany Doll tries to kill him too, because a Tiffany Doll just shows up in his apartment. Who's apart- him? Who are you talking about? Zach. Okay. A, a Tiffany Doll just shows up in his ap- apartment or house or whatever, mm-hmm. randomly. Tries to kill him. He gets away. They don't establish how these dolls are getting into the places. At all. So he's in the car, sitting there, and he's talking to another dude who has a Tiffany Doll. In the car? In the car. He starts saying... These motherfuckers got Tiffany dolls in these cars now. This is crazy. Zach goes to his apartment, but that apartment looks like a hotel room. So then Zach goes to work to talk to Dustin? Yes. It's like, yo, these Tiffany dolls are real. When did that happen? Was it days later? No. The next day? I don't know. He goes to talk to Dustin about these toys are alive. They're moving. Okay. He leaves. Did he leave or did they just cut the scene? I don't think he left. Cut scene or something. All I know is Sheree and Keisha. So they're talking. They go through some other scenes. They come back. He's leaving the parking lot. Zach is leaving the parking lot again, talking about the same thing I'm seeing to do with the leaving the work parking lot. Like like from several scenes prior. Mind you, we're now in a whole different part we're of the movie. We're in a whole another part of the movie. He's just now leaving the scene in the same clothes. In the same from the beginning part of the from movie. the beginning part of the movie, talking about how these dudes don't. No, these dolls are trying to kill people, and their dudes are having these dolls in their car, like shot side chicks and stuff like that. It's very random. We get random shots of people who've purchased this doll either snuggling up with them and being like, you would never hurt me, or full-on getting in, getting it in with the doll. So, another guy. But they never give us the names of these people. It's getting in with the doll. He finishes. The doll kills him right afterwards. We just see her pull out a knife. I guess she killed him. <laughs> we so now, cut to now. Dustin and his girl has have a doll, right? So the girlfriend thinks that Dustin bought it. Dustin's like, "No, you bought it." Thinks the girlfriend bought it. So now they go to 
lunch with her friend. In, uh, was, was it lunch? Was it breakfast? Breakfast, lunch. I don't know. They go have a hookah break. I said hookah break. They want to have a hookah break. In different sometimes. clothes. In different clothes. They have so a hookah break I think drinks. it's another day, it's but an, it's not. But who knows? So then they decide to leave. Which they really... They never showed them leaving. So they, they go never and ha- leave. They have this little brunch or whatever. They're just get, kind of going back and forth about being a couple with a doll. And then the guy asks for the check. And then all of a sudden it's nighttime. The guy's in a completely different outfit. And he's pulling into a parking lot. I don't know if it's in front of the house and or he's not. he's backing up and she comes out. In a like, completely different outfit. She's like... Taps on the window and goes, I'm not going to text you if you're here. I said, did we leave the restaurant? And so he's like, no, you want to, you want to, whatever, you want to bring Tiffany? Like, no, leave Tiffany. He's like, come on and get in the car so we can have this discussion. And she goes. I got to lock my car. Yeah. She goes, I got to lock my car. And then she goes, you want me to bring the doll? He's like, nah. Because I'm not trying to go inside anyway is what he says. And I'm like, what is this about? (laughs) What? So she gets in the car. They start talking. That's when they realize neither of them bought a Tiffany doll. They start driving and talking. And yeah. yes, neither one of them bought the Tiffany doll. Did they really drive? Because it seemed like yes. they were still... He pulled out of the parking lot and they start driving. To where? I don't know. But then he has to stop again and go back. To get his guns. Get his guns. They go to check to see if Tiffany's still in her car. She's not. He gets into the house to get his gun. The Tiffany doll somehow... <laughs> the Tiffany doll somehow got upstairs. Where are you going now? Ain't where you going to get your gun? He shoots at the Tiffany doll. Tiffany doll does a full lean with it, rock with it to dodge, to dodge these bullets. Without bending her knees. She doesn't even, it's like someone told her, dodge. Like, <laughs> the bullets get shot. She's still fully it walking like down. It was like a video game. And it's, then remembers, oh yeah. It was like, uh, uh. it was like a Nintendo video game. Someone went left, right. And that's all. It looked like a dance move. And then comes down the stairs. None of the bullets worked. You if get, you watch, uh, TikTok or something, that, snip was going around got went viral oh, Somebody under, under a hashtag to be movies be like type of situation yeah, yeah. and so like i've seen it I'm like that's why i seen that part of, from that little hashtag to be movies it's be not a great part then somehow zach gets picked up and gets in the car too and they're all on the same page about Don't how these know. dolls are murdering no, people let's take this back zach they think zach is going to 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 the store to kill all the dolls or do whatever. Uh-huh. Zach ends up going to the guy's house who's yes, at the Mark. front store. Mark. He, Mark. He goes who to works Mark. The, who's the owner. Who works, yeah, who works the register owner. Whatever's house. Why was the doctor at Mark's house? Fully upstairs in a separate room. With, with, a, with computers. With computers and a bunch of dolls. Does she work out of place? <laughs> Does she work out of I just, I, I just put two and two in my head just now. What happened to Mark's girl? Is she dead? <laughs> I just thought. I just thought about that. I'm like, it just clicked me. Why was Zach the doctor goes to Mark's house? Mark's house pulls out his gun and threatens Mark's girlfriend, who and he's like, I need to talk to Mark, and he answers about these dolls. And the girl's like, Calm down. I'll get Mark. You don't have to do this. We fade out. We don't see what happens. Next thing we know, he's got the gun to Mark's head, and is like, You need to give me these answers. Mark is like, Follow me. I can tell you everything. He goes upstairs. We see Doctor Love, who also has a gun, and the dolls. And it's like, you're taking this too far, Zach. It's not that serious. They never established why she's working out this man's house. No. They also didn't really establish why she hit these dogs. First of all, there's nothing about her that says sign or tist. More like a stripper. Er. That's what she looks like. That was very clever. It wasn't. What was that? She's a stripper. Calvin. She looks more like a stripper. Calvin. 
But she, but she does. I don't know why you think she was going to look like a doctor. This is it. I don't. I need you to realize what kind of a movie this is. <sighs> they made the point Dexter. Point Dexter look at least like a Point Dexter. So you're saying they needed to give her glasses? They should have done something. Calvin. Anyway. Something. Doctor Love gives a whole speech to Zach about how she. It doesn't feel threatened by these dolls because they're not going to attack her because she built them with love. <laughs> but that's it. And they only would do anything if they were threatened, apparently. And she trusts dolls so much, she gives one of the Tiffany dolls a gun, and that doll immediately kills her. Because apparently that doll felt threatened. Is Mark dead? Zach gets out of there. Is Mark dead? Yes. <laughs> I'm assuming everyone who don't, we don't see any We don't see Mark's dead. girlfriend no more. We don't see Mark no more. Dead. <laughs> we don't know if they got killed dead. or what. Dead. So, Cherie and Dustin get Zach's phone tracked. I don't know how they got Zach's phone tracked. Apparently, they have access to information to track people's phones like they're the police. I guess so. And they figure out that Zach is at Mark's place. Mark's they place. They pick up Zach. At Mark's place. Mind you, it was daytime when Zach was there. <laughs> to this. We go back to Dustin. It's dark. Yeah, Dustin picking up Zach is dark. It's night. So... We can all already tell that this movie doesn't have a continuity person at all. Then all of the dolls show up outside the car and start chasing them. So they're in the car. I'm assuming they're trying to make a decision whether they're going to leave Charleston and get the hell away from these dolls. No, they're not even having that discussion. They're just like, these dolls are alive and killing people. And they decide to fill in Cherie, who, for whatever reason, didn't know at this point that these dolls were doing this. And she's like, I just told my brother. To be careful, which I'm assuming her brother was the the random dude who was on the phone who was like, "Now, nah, girl, I got one of these dolls." And then they cut, and it shows him with a doll in the bed. So he's dead. We did. They don't show anything. He's so, dead. So she's. That's what they. That's how it ends. Her conversation ends with her being like, "My brother just bought a doll," and then all the dolls show up out of the out of nowhere, and they start running at the car in their lingerie, zero shoes, with knives. Movie ends. And they drive off. Movie ends. Movie ends. End scene. End movie. Tiffany the doll. Scene. But you know, the good things I will say, I wasn't bored. I wasn't bored watching it. I had no time to be bored because I was confused as hell. So it never gave me a chance to be bored. I was just confused. I wasn't bored. Because I'm like. Love the body diversity. Because I'm, I'm trying to pick up my foot. Okay, it's day. Now it's night. But that's still the same scene. It's still what? Listen, I love okay. the I love the body diversity. They okay. were showing you bigums, smallums, everybody in between. Okay, wait a minute. But that dude, what? Why are they going? And why is he, he just now leaving the parking lot? I'd argue the main male characters they had in this one looked a heck of a lot better than the ones they had in the last one we watched. Like if these guys were in Sneaky Links, it would have made a little bit more sense to me while she was doing all of this. It still wouldn't make no sense to me. Okay, that's fair. But that being said, then there was a random scene in the store where I guess Tiffany dolls want to make every let everybody know that they're alive. There's a scene with some of the workers. One of the workers in the store is like, "The dolls are moving. I need I, either I'm too high or I just need to go home." But either way, I I'm out. Guess she's a comedic relief. I guess. I guarantee you, she's probably a comedian, Charleston. She's trying to shut down the store so that they can get out of there. However, anybody who's worked customer service knows when you're trying to close, somebody's coming in to get something. So a couple of people come in. This guy's like, I need lube. And this is where Tubi didn't know what to caption things because he says, according to Calvin, he says, I need extra, 
I need something extra strength. So she's like, oh, it's over here. You can get this. I don't know what extra strength lube is. I got more questions. But he finds something. They they sell it to him. They get out of there. But then when they get to the door, the door is jammed. It's not working. Lights go out. People start panicking. The, the, the patrons that came in are like, what's going on? We're scared. And the co-worker is with them. She's like, I'm right there with you. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm scared. They get another co-worker who's like, we need to get the heck out of here. This is dark as heck. We need to get out. They're like, the doors are stuck. This lady kicks the doors open. We don't see any of them after that. I don't know if they made it out. I don't know if they died. They're all dead. We only see the one co-worker come back. She comes back in to get her purse. Because, sure, she left it. She thinks she left it around the register somewhere. When she comes in, no dolls. There's just the register. When she looks up, there's a bunch of dolls in front of the register, posed with her purse. And she's like, oh. She gets her purse, rolls out. Are they alive or are they dead? So there's a bunch of Tiffany dolls who have taken over Charleston. So if you're in the Charleston area <laughs> and people don't look. And you see a woman walking around in lingerie with a dazed look on her face, leave. leave. Run away. She's a Tiffany doll. <laughs> They're killing people. There's a, there's a, a trail of monkeys with. Uh, Lasers. <laughs> with uh, harpoon guns on the 95. 95 South Corridor. So be 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 aware. Military trained military trained monkeys. Harpoons. <laughs> Harpoons on the ninety South ninety five corridor. Just be prepared. That is a, a reference to a Will Ferrell. Uh, <laughs> so if you're in the Charleston show. area and you see a half naked person just sitting there, dazed, dazed, leave him alone. Leave yeah. him alone. Get your gas. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> don't stop. But that was Tiffany the doll. It ends abruptly. You're like, who's dead? Who's alive? Well, apparently we don't need to know. Black excellence. Yeah, black excellence. <laughs> Again, I feel like if you, because movies like this exist where it's just independent, indie, what is happening type of storytelling. I'm going to use my iPhone and make me a damn movie. Everybody else Clearly, they're, they've got some kind of budget. It, as much crap as we want to give them about the, how it's structured, the shots are clean. The filming we're gonna, is we're clean. Be a budget of 450. I don't know if they're doing this all off of iPhones and iPads or if they've just got Canon like cameras, like E3s or something, or what. But it's at least polished. Polishedly bad. But polished, nonetheless. I'm looking forward to another Geechee One production. I'm going to see if there's more of them on here. And it'd been me. Them, them Tiffany dolls would have got this. With your imaginary gun we don't own one they have imaginary guns you said it did, and it didn't stop them so because no one shot really yeah zach was shooting all over the place and so was dustin and he missed that's what i'm saying it the did only nothing. person that hit somebody shooting one time was a tiffany doll that's true that's true but that's it so we watched queen of kings and tiffany the doll if you want to watch those on tv you absolutely can it is free you don't have to pay money for subscriptions or nothing and you can watch this. If you just want to kill an hour and 30 minutes if of your life. If you want to support black indie cinema, <laughs> this is for you. That's the movie for you. Loved it. Thank you for listening to We Like That podcast. We like that. Remember to subscribe, give us five stars, and tune into more chaotic episodes. I'm Javon. I'm Calvin. Until next time. Later, people.